to listen to the Left Traffic Podcast. What is up, Left Traffic Nation? Welcome to episode 300 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. I am your host, the Professor Brandon Crowd. It is finally here, episode 300. I am so excited to be closing out season six of the Lap Traffic Podcast tonight with episode 300. So much to do, so much to talk about. Uh, this is this is going to be a long show, as you've probably loaded it and, and have seen already, uh, but we're not going to have a show for a minute, so you can drag it out as long as you want, but we are going to have some fun tonight. Um, it's been a minute since I've been on, since I published episode 299 a couple weeks ago. Thanksgiving was a great time with family, with Alden. We continued our annual tradition of going to Frankenmuth on Friday and Saturday after Thanksgiving, which which next to Mackinac is our favorite place to go in Michigan. It's it's billed as Michigan's little Bavaria, but it's also Christmas town, as you've got the world's largest Christmas store right there called Bronner's, and just had a great time. Watch the Michigan-Ohio State game, which... Believe me, we've got a lot of college football talk headed your way today, whether you want it or not. It's my show, so we're going to have some college football talk, that's for sure. Uh, we did some Christmas pictures with Alden, and I sent some of those out earlier a couple weeks ago, I think. You know, just looking forward to celebrating Christmas, New Year's Eve. Somebody's got a 40th birthday coming up in 16 days. Very curious what Lindsay has dialed up for that. Uh, this past weekend, went down to Indy for the Big Ten Championship game, which was awesome. Got to meet Brian Newdorf for the first time. And since it was Michigan and Indy and Brian's from Purdue, Aaron's from Michigan, yes, I uh, got those guys scheduled for the show later tonight to talk some college football and all of that good stuff. But some more on the show. Um, wrapping up season six, as I said, pose the tonight's show number 35 of the year. We did over 20,000 downloads this year. Overall, over the six years, there's been 166 different individual guests, which is awesome. Uh, sat on Twitter analytics today and overall 20.5 million Twitter impressions over six years and had just over 2 million this year and the year ain't done. Over 1,000 new Twitter followers this year, uh, which is all because of you guys. So I, I can't thank you enough for that. Um, all right, what's coming up tonight? Well, with it being episode 300, you knew it was going to be big and I wanted to have guests that have been a part of the show over the last six years and 300 shows. With that said, you know Jeff Striegel is going to be on tonight. The man formerly known as the Orange Cone is going to be on tonight, NASCAR Chasm. NBC has played a big role in support of the show, and Parker Kligerman from NBC will be making his return. As I mentioned, Aaron Studwell, Brian Newdorf will be on to talk some college football, and also to talk some college football and NASCAR from the state down south. Matt Tift is going to be back on the show, and it wouldn't be a lap traffic podcast without the support of MIS. So MIS track president Joe Fowler is going to be back. And if that weren't enough, I saved two very special listener calls for tonight as well. The former voice of the wave around hotline, Andrew Kansian, as well as Kathleen McDonald, both who have been around since the beginning of the show. 
and we've got some prize packs to give away. I got a new off-season contest for you guys, a very condensed version of the annual award show. Yes, I did not forget about that. So if this isn't jam-packed, if you aren't entertained, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how else uh, I could help you. Uh, the big question is, when will episode 301 be posted? which will be late January, more than likely. I will flood social media with uh, regard to the 2023 Fantasy League. We'll get email communication out to you guys. Uh, all that good stuff down the road. Tonight, though, I wanted to kick things off for a few minutes with someone you don't hear very often on the show, but without her, uh, we, we wouldn't be here. That's, that's for sure. I think uh, it's her third or fourth appearance on the show. And like I said, it's with her full support over the last six years that we're here tonight. So uh, welcome back to the Lap Traffic Podcast, my incredible wife, <laughs> Lindsay. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I am great. Thanks for uh, taking some time coming down the stairs and, and coming <laughs> on the show. I appreciate the, uh, the effort that it took for you to be here tonight because it doesn't go unnoticed. It was a long trek. Yes. yes. And, and thank you for the cookies. By You're welcome. Way. Appreciate that. Uh, that was, I tweeted it out. I was wondering. Uh, I, I got home from uh, I, I got home from work, and when I, I got into my home office, and there's this cookie bouquet sitting there, all decked out with lap traffic logos, the flags. Like whoever did this did a phenomenal job. Yes. And, uh, shout out to Cookies by Design in Shelby Township, Michigan. Excellent. They free shout out to to them. Some advertising yes. there. Well, I'm sure they'll they'll get tons <laughs> of orders from our. Yes. Our, Post here. You're welcome. Yes, yes. Lens, um, you know, six years. It's yeah. been a long journey. Yeah. Uh, it, it started out one night at the bar of, I think I can do a podcast. Yeah. And, and here we are. Uh, there's, like I said, there's there's been some ups and downs for sure. A little bit. Um, but, uh, I mean, from from your eyes, as someone that casually watches every once in a while, what, what, what have you seen from the show? Well, I mean, I think watching and listening uh, – over six years, I think probably what a lot of listeners don't realize is uh, this is pure organic growth, but also talent, loyalty, dedication, hard work uh, that all stems behind that. So uh, you do have a real life full time job that offers you a uh, monetary paycheck and yes. support, yes. Uh, which we love very, very much. <laughs> Uh, but on top of that as well, you're now a dad, uh, and we're almost 10 months into that, but uh, I was pregnant with him for almost 10 months prior to that. So layering all of those responsibilities uh, onto one another, perhaps when you don't see what happens behind the scenes, it does seem easy to be able to walk down your stairs and flip on your equipment and pour your beverage and have some conversations. Uh, but truly, uh, for everyone, thank you, you know, without your support and loyalty and listening uh, he would not be here, but I want you all to know we're probably looking at six days a week uh, that the effort behind the microphone happens. Uh, and it is sacrifice and it is tenacity, uh, but it's love of the sport. Um, and I cannot sit here and pretend to y'all that I'm the number one uh, NASCAR fan uh, ever. <laughs> I don't know if I knew what NASCAR was prior to this, uh, but there is really a beauty uh, in seeing the track and the embankment and the slopes and the competition uh, and the loyalty of fans. I mean, fans are what have really cultivated this sport, uh, as well as the Lap Traffic podcast and Brandon Crowd himself. So. You've got to be a, I mean, uh, for, for someone, you know, like Lindsay said, she's not a big sports fan per uh, se. Uh, she's, uh, 
I'm a sports sports ambiance fan. Yes. I have sweatshirts and I have t-shirts and I have glasses and give me a solid beverage and a good nacho. I'm your girl. I'm yes. there. Whether it's at a bar, whether yeah. it's having people over or whether it's at the track for, for a big event. But, you know, Lindsay, Lindsay didn't tune in to the Big Ten Championship game this past weekend because I wasn't home to encourage her to watch it for the most part. I watched the first touchdown happen. Okay. Okay. I wore my sweatshirt. <laughs> I had it. We have a very superstitious uh, household, so I believe I also wore the same socks. Yes. So but yeah, I, you're right. That's fair. I say all of that to say that, um, you know, for someone that doesn't have the, the passion behind sports like I do to know how much it means to me to want to do this, like Lindsay said, having a kid, that, that was the hardest. You guys, if you guys have been around for a minute, um, you know that an annual season of the Lap Traffic podcast consists of somewhere between 45 to 50 plus shows and only did 35 shows this year. That was that was hard. I didn't know what this year was going to look like. Just, you know, adapting to, like Lindsay said, a, a, a real job that I obviously have had. But throwing a, a baby into the mix and, and trying to give Lindsay a break and all of that, you know, there was no way we were going to pump out 50 shows. And, mm. you know, next year will probably look similar, I would say, you know, probably somewhere 35, 40 shows. Definitely have some off weeks in there. But that's also why I said a couple of weeks ago, you know, we're going to change the format up next year uh, a little bit in terms of uh, some of the content on the show. And that way, it'll, one, it'll be fresh because it's been the same kind of format for a minute. But then also that'll help play into and uh, adapt well for for off week. So we'll we'll have that there. Lindsay will tell you the the only lie I've really told her over 14 years is when we first started dating was that uh, I said I kind of like NASCAR. <laughs> yes, that was a down and out lie. If you saw my basement or uh, all the basement, actually, or any of the walls or the pictures, etc. But honestly, I've met many of the fans, I think, too, that are highlights on the show tonight right yes um at the track and you know to see people excited or to say hello or want to take a picture or show a koozie uh it's incredible and just thank you for the support and it doesn't go unnoticed and i appreciate that perhaps my unwavering support does not go unnoticed either but you know whether y'all are married or in relationships or have partners or best friends uh, that support you there's nothing like seeing a dream uh, literally come true on the basis of of hard work and loyalty and dedication and you know who am i to deny that so as long as you all keep listening and showing up uh, i think he'll still be hanging out in this basement maybe a real studio one day I don't Wait, know. hey you never know you never know <laughs> well awesome lynn's uh thanks for coming down and, and coming on and and yeah. guys thanks for uh uh having Lindsay uh, be on the show and and supporting her as well. I know there's some behind the scenes support for her as well, which is which is awesome. So, uh, all right, Lindsay, I got a lot to do. So <laughs> well, I will uh, see you on the flip side here. <laughs> thank you and congratulations and cheers. Thanks. Here's cheers to another 300. Cheers. Yes. There you go. All right, Lab Traffic Nation. There you have the incredible uh, just awesome badass wife, uh, Miss Lindsay. So, all right. Let's keep things rolling. Um, I, th I think we should start out with, with MIS um, because they are my home track. They are where everything started. I will never forget reaching out to MIS. And funny story, I don't know if I've ever shared this or not, but you know, I had sent a couple emails to like the generic uh, at the time before everything kind of switched over to 
uh, NASCAR when tracks were more independently. Each track had its own independent PR and, and things like that. And sent some blanket emails. Never got a response. Nothing. Left two or three voicemails for I don't even know who. Uh, and and um, the track uh, PR guy, Brad, finally called me back and had a conversation with him. And he said, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a shot. And without them, like I said, we wouldn't be here tonight. That's that's for sure. So I am so thankful that I was able to reach out to MIS and get their new track president. You know, this was his first year uh, as track president, uh, Joe Fowler, and uh, was able to catch up with him. Actually, you know, as I obviously recorded some of these interviews, you know, over the last week or two. And uh, Joe, though, I actually literally talked to about 20 minutes ago, which is awesome. So Lap Traffic Nation, here is Joe Fowler from MIS. Hi, home track. Welcome back to the Lap Traffic Podcast. Joe Fowler. Joe, how are you, brother? I'm doing well, Brandon. How are you, my man? I am good. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. Uh, couldn't do episode 300 without MIS being on the show. Um, and I, I want to start with this with you because I think this is how I started uh, when you came on back in August. Uh, I tried to pinpoint you to either the maize and blue or the green and white, but I would imagine you're a maize and blue fan right now, right? <laughs> I I am still neutral. I, I still... <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. It's pretty cool. I, I will say this though. I'm really excited. I'm a, I'm a, a college football nut. And so it's really cool to see uh, Michigan, you know, getting into the college football playoffs. It's going to be exciting to watch and, and I, I, you know, hope the team does really well. Absolutely. Me and a couple of buddies actually went down to Indy this past weekend. Cause you know, why not? And uh, had a blast watching them and very excited. No doubt about that. That's, that's for sure. Um, Joe, an incredible NASCAR season is in the books from the amount of different winners to the new car, uh, the races, the on-track, uh, you know, entertainment that we saw, some off-track entertainment that we saw as well. Um, but let's talk about your first race weekend, first year as track president. Uh, you know, how was it from your perspective? You know, it was it was a really good year, uh, being honest about it. And and uh, I have a quite a bit of experience at the track level, and I came into this role not feeling confident by any means because I knew there was a lot to learn, and, and certainly that was the case. I learned a lot along the way, but um, we had really good support throughout the year. The team here is awesome. Um, we tried some new things. We uh, had some big wins, and we had a few things where we know that we can improve a little bit uh, for the next year. But that's all part of it, and. And to your very point about where we are as a sport, I, I think we had an incredible race, uh, several incredible races here at MIS this year between ARCA, Xfinity, and Cup. And, you know, it's really hard to complain. I, I, I look back at the last 12 months, and I'm, I'm really proud of what we've accomplished. And I think we've got a lot more ahead of us, but really looking forward to this next year in 2023. For sure. No doubt about that. You know, the schedule came out a little bit ago. Um, you know, MIS has the basically the same date on the calendar. Do you get any say in that, Joe? Do they come to you and say, hey, you know, obviously, you know, you're going to get one date? Um, or, or does NASCAR pretty much dictate when, when that's going to happen? Well, it, it, it's a little bit of both. Um, I, I know for sure that the schedule is a huge jigsaw puzzle. Right. And, and I know it's a very complex thing to put together because you have to factor in climate, um, things that are happening in the area, things that are happening on the various networks, just a number of different things. But, you know, I really like the, the time of year we're in and being in early August, I think it's a good fit for us. I mean, who doesn't love summers in Michigan? Right. 
So um, we're happy. We're August 4th through 6th this year. Last year, the schedule was a little bit different. We had what I always call a triple header weekend with a double header Saturday. So we had ARCA and Xfinity on the same day on Saturday. In 2023, we'll have ARCA on Friday, Xfinity on Saturday, and then, of course, the Firekeepers Casino 400, the big Cup Series race on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, same basic weekend, a little mix up on on the day schedule, so to speak, but uh, looking forward to it. Should Absolutely. be a good one. No, for sure. You know, and, and reflecting back, you know, uh, we, we did have some weather impact things on Sunday, but that did not stop a single fan from coming into that track. Uh, the stands were packed unlike anything I have seen at MIS in a very long time. We got all 400 miles in, and uh, I think, Kevin Harvick has his new playground, which is MIS, which is, is awesome. So talk a little bit about that side of things. Well, we did. We, it was great to see the fans here. I, I think it's been talked about before, but it was the first time in three years our Canadian friends could come back to the track. And that was exciting for us. So we, we did. We had really good-looking grandstands. We sold out the infield for the first time, I think, in 10 years, which was, was quite an achievement we're really proud of. And I think we can build on in this next year. But um yeah the, the racing was great harvick uh did a heck of a burnout at the start finish line it was my first time you know at michigan right there by the start finish line to see something like that so that was pretty cool but uh really great year overall that's awesome what type of you know it's it's early right like we're we're, we're still in 2022 uh you know the races race weekend is until august but what type of of prep work are you guys doing you know either now or you'll start to do come you know January, February, 2023, getting ready for race weekend. Yeah. So this is the time of year and we do this throughout the year, but I would say in the, in the quote unquote off season, we're really focused on things um, like we get surveys after every race, we call them gem surveys. And it's a chance for our customers to tell us the things that we did really well and the things that we can improve upon. And so I'll just give you an example. We, we tried a new tram route last year and uh, the idea behind it was rock solid, and I think if the throughput, uh, the number of people that used the tram was the same as it was in past years, it would have worked great, but we, we we had such a good tram route that it doubled utilization, and so it created some challenges for us. So we know that, so moving into this next year, we're looking at new tram routes. We're working with our partners uh, at MSP and POCO on how can we improve traffic patterns. We're looking at uh, you know new areas where we can improve upon signage. All of the things that kind of um, build information or the overall experience while people are here. We're working on that stuff now to get out in front of it because once the weather turns back to normal again yeah. and, and, and turns <laughs> nice in the spring, I mean, we're really working on the property. We have events. And so this is the time of year where we're really huddled up talking about strategy and all the things that we want to accomplish and, and, and start to work on those things and get them into action. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, I, I can't wait to get out there for sure. Joe, um, I know this is the only the second time we've chatted, but as you know, over the last six years, uh, MIS has played a, a very big role in helping spread the word about the podcast and, you know, being an amateur podcast, MIS helped open you know, some doors for me to get in front of people to help let them know that, you know, this is legit. And, um, you know, tonight, episode 300, wrapping up season six. Uh, I cannot thank you, MIS, everybody I've met at MIS over the years and have gotten to know. Uh, I truly appreciate the support of you guys for uh, for helping uh, grow the show because I wouldn't be here without you guys. So I truly appreciate it. 
Well, and likewise, thank you for, you know, your, your partnership and support of MIS over all these years. And, and, hey, more importantly, congrats on 300 episodes. That's a huge milestone. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Listen, Joe, I hope you, the family, everyone at MIS, hope you guys have a great holiday season. And I uh, can't wait to be talking with you here uh, come July, August, hyping up race weekend. We're looking forward to it, Brandon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care, Joe. We'll see ya. All right. Well, Lab Traffic Nation, there you have Joe Fowler from MIS, where it all started for the Lap Traffic Podcast, which is awesome. Let's uh, let's keep things rolling. I mean, we're just going to keep rolling with with everything tonight because there is so much to do. Let's let's keep with the the Michigan roots. Let's keep with uh, the MIS and, and all of that. And just as you can't do episode three hundred without MIS, I can't do episode three hundred without. One of the legendary voices from the Motor Racing Network and Mr. Jeff Striegel. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, I could not have a 300th episode celebration without the person that holds the record for the number of appearances on the Lap Traffic Podcast over these last 300 shows. Joining me on the line, making his 25th appearance on the Lap Traffic Podcast from the Motor Racing Network. Mr. Jeff Striegel. Sir, how are you? I am doing well. Congratulations. This is a party. This is a celebration. We got a lot to celebrate. And, and you, we have to start with a huge, huge congratulations to you on all you have done and all you've meant to the, uh, all you've meant to the sport. So congratulations on number 300. Thank you very much, sir. I really appreciate that. Uh, it's, it's been a incredible, uh, an, an incredible journey an incredible six years of, of thinking, Hey, can, can I do this? And you know, here, here we are 300 shows later, I've got Jeff Striegel's phone number and my cell phone. And, and I text you every once in a while, like never in my wildest dreams. So, uh, thank you for uh, being along for the ride, man. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, man. Well, let's start with this. Uh, you, it's 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 well known if anybody's followed you on Twitter that uh, after after championship weekend, you're headed down to uh, Key West for a week. How how was the tri- how was the annual trip, sir? Uh, the trip was great. The trip home was dreadful, but you know the actual trip down there was fantastic. The weather was great. We had a wonderful time. Just relaxing after what has been a very long year and i know most everybody can relate to that so our annual trip went well we came back to i don't know 12 24 48 inches of snow whatever it was and winter is officially here in the great state of michigan as you are well aware yes sir i mean and in true michigan fashion too like the beginning of november it was 70 degrees and and now here we are you know, towards the end of the month and, you know, we're, we're at our 25 degrees, there's white stuff on the ground and yeah, it's, uh, that's how Michigan does it. <laughs> well, what was crazy, as you well know, being from the state of Michigan, it was basically 70 right up until we left. That was when the weather changed. So we missed all of the snow. We just were watching it from afar, yep. wondering what it was we were going to come back to. And I posted a picture on twitter that i was gone a week and look what they did to the track you know it's just completely covered in snow because the day before i left we were actually working out on the track and taking advantage of beautiful weather but that weather is behind us now and 
we just set our sights on 2023. It'll be here before we know it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, man. Uh, 2022, uh, you know, we, we talked a handful of times uh, over the season on the show. Um, there were there were some incredible moments from the, the different winners, uh, from the surprises, from, you know, the, the end of the year, Ross Chastain going video game mode to get himself to the finals. Uh, we had some issues with the car. We had some injuries, lots of ups and downs, um, you know, but, but if you were to summarize 2022 for, you know, the elevator pitch, what, what would you, how would you do it? Maybe in a word dramatic, you know, from the time we rolled the cars out in LA back the first of February to what we saw right up, you know, championship day in Phoenix, everything was dramatic. The car was dramatic. The racing was dramatic. Certainly some of the crashes that we saw were dramatic. The storylines never failed from one week to the next. So, you know, when I look at it, and I think it's highlighted by the 19 different winners. I don't know that anybody had that one picked, you know, when we headed off to Daytona to get the season started officially. So, you know, I, I liked the season. There are certainly some things that took place in the season that need to be addressed and i think we all recognize what they are there's some tweaks that need to be done to that race car no doubt and nascar knows that no doubt um but you know all in all i think if it wasn't for a couple of those storylines that you know had to happen for you know the unfortunate reasons that they did 2022 did not disappoint the racing on on the racetrack was what I thought anyway, very, very good. Obviously with the different winners and the surprise winners and the teams that elevated themselves into championship contention, talking about track house and 2311 and petty GMS. I just, I just thought it was a really, really good year and it, you know, lays the groundwork for what should be a very good year coming up. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. I mean, you and I talked after Michigan weekend on how that was the, you know, best race in, a decade plus at, at Michigan. And, you know, there were other tracks that, uh, you know, provided the same level of entertainment and competition. And I think we all saw that. I think, you know, you look at some of the polls, you know, Jeff Gluck, you know, he does his poll that at this, you know, Jeff's poll, in my opinion, holds, uh, you know, credible, credibleness behind it. He's been doing it so long and he gets a very big population sample that'll respond to it. And, you know, I, I think we saw a lot of positiveness from the fans uh, throughout some tracks that maybe we don't normally see that. And, you know, it, it, overall, just a fantastic racing year. You know, what's interesting about what you just said, and I do agree with you that Jeff Gluck's polls are always a very good snapshot of what the race fan thinks. And what we've seen from those polls is a complete role reversal because obviously in years past, the polls would have shown that Martinsville and Bristol and Richmond were the best races of the year. Sure. And that was not the case this year. And I think NASCAR realizes that, that the new car didn't perform like they might have hoped it would have on the short track. But conversely, uh, in years past, the mile and a half racetracks were always the ones that showed the least amount of support well that has come full circle and now when we go to atlanta and we go to vegas and we go to charlotte we go to michigan and california typically tracks that have not had the best of ratings those ratings were like you said off the charts great ratings so 
you know, there's a, there's a lot of good that came with the new car. The racing on the track in a lot of cases was very good, and there's certainly some room for improvement. And hopefully during the offseason, NASCAR will address that and we'll see better racing when we go to Martinsville, when we go to Bristol, when we go to Richmond and some of the other tracks that the cars didn't perform as well as what we might have hoped. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm all about I'm, And like you had said, you know, great 2022. Uh, and, and all that leads us is to think it's going to be a great 2023, um, you know, with, with supporting documentation behind us for the last 36 races. So I, uh, I, I am very excited for what 2023 is going to bring us. Um, speaking of 2023, uh, you know, we've got some driver changes this year. We got uh, Dinger. Back full-time cup ride, which I love that story there. Uh, you know, seeing somebody that, that ran cup successful, probably not what they wanted at the time when they were doing it, you know, leaves the sport, comes back from a broadcasting side of things, comes back to a part-time role at the shop, to a part-time driver role in the Xfinity series. And it's now coming as a full circle moment for him. So I'm, I'm very excited to see, um, you know, the, the outlook for A.J. Allmendinger in 2023? Uh, I'd like just to see what that team is capable of doing because they've obviously shown signs of brilliance along with some of the other newer teams like we just talked about. 2311 has to come to the conversation track house uh petty gms while petty's been around forever the marriage uh with gms is relatively new they showed signs of brilliance with eric jones behind the wheel now he's got a new teammate so i i, I love i like that i like the storylines that are already being written for us before we even get to daytona before we even get to the la coliseum AJ, you know, just touching on AJ, he's the personality that the sport needs. He's so good, uh, you know, in front of a microphone, in front of a camera, behind the steering wheel and in the seat of a race car. He brings a lot to the table. Uh, you never have to wonder what is on his mind. That's, I think that's something that I've always enjoyed about AJ. Kurt Busch would have been in that same category. If you want to know what they're thinking, just ask them, but be prepared for the answer because they're going to tell you exactly what they're thinking. So, you know, AJ is that personality that we need. Noah Gregson's going to bring a personality to the NASCAR Cup Series, unlike the, you know, anything we've seen recently. So, again, you know, some of the new drivers, you know, what, what's Ty Gibbs going to do now that he has that ride? full-time replacing Kyle Busch. Kyle's another story with his move. Tyler Reddick's another story with his move. So where do you start? Where does it end? I don't know. It's going to be good. Yeah, no, it's, there's, there is no doubt about that. Uh, you know, speaking of Kyle Busch, you and I talked about that very thing, I think, within a week or two of that whole announcement with Tyler Reddick uh, and, and Denny Hamlin. And, and you and I both said, like, it was just so odd, you know, it just was weird almost. And, you know, lo and behold, it kind of played out to that weirdness. Like, okay, yeah, well now it all makes sense. Now he gets to go this year versus uh, having to do almost a lame duck year, which would have been a struggle. Uh, I think mentally for, for him as a driver, the team, I mean, that just would have been an, I don't know, uncomfortable is the right word, but it just maybe awkward and, and pins and needles would have been, you know, what the next 36 races would have been like for that car and that team. I think if we go back and listen to the tape when you and I did it originally, 
we made the comment that it's not going to happen the way it's being presented. Right, yeah. You know, what actually happens between then and when, you know, the next domino falls, we didn't really know, but I could not see Tyler Reddick driving for RCR another year. And, you know, lo and behold, things changed. And, you know, obviously all the puzzle pieces fell into place and, Tyler was able to wrap up his year, a very, very good year at Richard Childress Racing, and now he moves on. Kyle was able to say goodbye to Joe Gibbs Racing, I think, the way that he would like to have said goodbye. I I don't know that for sure, but I would assume so. And now he can start the next chapter in his career. So everything worked out. It was awkward and weird at the time. But we just needed to let it play out. It did, and now it all makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned Petty GMS. Uh, Jeff, what do you think about Jimmy Johnson coming back as a as an owner to that team and a, and a part-time driver next year? Can't hurt, can it? No. Uh, you know, I mean, it, 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 can you imagine? You know, I don't know who reached out to who. I, I don't know all the details behind it. You know, they had their press conference, and, you know, they're going to say the things that they need to say and, and they're not going to say things that they don't need to say. So, you know, it, I can only imagine what it must be like to say, you know what, Jimmy Johnson is interested in being a part of our organization. Whether we reached out to him and he said yes, or Jimmy called them and said, hey, what do you think? It doesn't matter. But, you know, at the end of that initial conversation to, you know, look at one another and go, Jimmy Johnson wants to be a part of what we're doing here. Obviously, that means what we're doing is right or at least moving in the right direction or he doesn't want to be a part of it. And then you look at what Jimmy can bring, the professionalism, uh, the attitude, the winning approach to going about your business on a day-to-day basis. That, that is just something that I think is fantastic for the team and the organization and certainly something that a lot of race fans are going to applaud just having Jimmy back with us even if it's in a role similar to Jeff Gordon which we know is actually going to be enhanced because Jimmy has said you know he wants to drive a race car and you know what I want to see him back on the racetrack absolutely yeah like you said ain't gonna hurt right like even just from a pure driver coach perspective alone you know for sure you're your leaps and bounds better than where you were when you left Phoenix. So, and there's going to be two drivers sitting right there with their mouth shut and ears open, listening to every single thing that Jimmy Johnson wants to say. Yes, double spacing their notes for sure. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, all right, Jeff. Uh, next year, like I, you know, I think we've set the tone pretty well. I, I'm excited to get back to the Coliseum. I think the fans are excited to get back to that. That's going to be a a very hot ticket. If it's not already sold out, I'm sure it'll be close to it. Um, you know, we're going to be starting off 2023 with a bang with with some new court with courses, some new tracks. We're going to Chicago being the the th- where I was going from a course perspective. Um, you know, there's just so much to look forward to next year. You know, I'm going to add something that that I hope everybody realizes, love it or hate it, the way that we determine our champion, the way that we determine our champion becomes, and I'm going to use that word again, more dramatic every year when you take a look at how you advance or how you fail to advance. Just go back and ask Denny Hamlin that, you know, when and, and skip the, the video move that Chastain pulled. The point is, Denny did not advance 
because of a point. A point on the racetrack is a past car on the racetrack at some point during the season. You know, there were so many drivers that could have advanced if it had only been by a point or two or five. Well, those points can be made up or lost at Daytona when we start the season in February. I think that my, my point here with this, Brandon, is this, that the drivers recognize this more today than ever before. You know, it's, it's very obvious. It was obvious the very first time they put the format in play that you could, you could fail to advance by a simple point. Well, I think every year that we've done this now, it goes to show just how important a finishing position on the track actually becomes. Long story short, these guys are going to be guys and gals, whoever's, you know, in the car are going to be racing hard from the drop of the green flag at Daytona all the way until they wrap up the season because every point matters if you're going to be a NASCAR Cup Series champion. And I think it's, it's going to show as soon as we get these cars off the trailer and out onto the racetrack. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. Uh, Jeff, man, you mentioned it at the start. Uh, you guys were uh, working on the track over at Berlin. What... Uh... <laughs> What, what are some new things the fans of uh, the Berlin area and, and those that travel in will be able to see next year? Well, they're going to see a lot of exciting racing. We had 13 different divisions here this year, which I think was the most different divisions at any track in the country. We've actually upped that to 16 different divisions this year. So we've got the return of the super modifieds, wing sprints, non-wing sprints. Of course, our big two super late model shows, the money in the bank on june 7 and battle at berlin the thirty thousand dollar to win super late model event which is august 9th uh i'll tell you what we, we just wrapped up a day here at berlin raceway just putting together themes and trying to match that with the schedule and some of the new things that we're going to be adding enhancing to the outdoor lounge area we're doing some stuff in the infield for the competitors there's just a lot going on. It's an exciting time, but, you know, it, it really allows us to go back to what we've been talking about. It's the downtime. It's exciting to talk about. It's more exciting when we get right on the cusp of, you know, opening our season here at the track or heading off to L.A. to the Coliseum or getting ready for the Daytona 500. It's fun to talk about, dream it, scheme it. But I really can't wait to see it all, you know, come to realization when the snow finally goes away or the cars come off the trailer and everybody's ready to go racing. Absolutely. Oh, I cannot wait to uh, to get back to the track. Hopefully a couple more times next year now that the little guy will uh, be uh, yeah. a little older and all that. So, yes, definitely, definitely looking forward to it. Jeff, man, thank you. I appreciate you. I love the support. Uh, I appreciate the friendship over the years and 300 shows and 25 appearances. And uh, I hope you and, and uh, the wife have a great holiday season and uh, can't wait to do it again with you next year, brother. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, my 26th time on the show. Congratulations again on 300. That's an amazing accomplishment. Well-deserved. Thank you. Uh, a pat on the back to you and all the hard work that goes into it. Happy holidays to everybody that is listening. And I look forward to seeing everybody soon and talking to you sometime shortly down the road. I love it. All right, man. Take care. We'll see you soon. You got it, buddy. Take okay. care. Take care. Lap Traffic Nation, there you have Jeff Striegel. He's just become such a great friend, uh, which is which is so cool. 
I uh, love everything about that. Okay, well, I mean, we 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 opened with MIS Jeff Striegel. Let's let's kind of complete the trifecta, if you will, with ties to MIS. And he he was once known as the Orange Cone, and he's going to get into uh, all of that. Uh, but he used to be the track announcer at MIS. Uh, he's just down the road, uh, down 75, basically, uh, in uh, the the North Ohio area, which is which is awesome. He was the very first guest of the Lap Traffic Podcast on episode 10, 290 shows ago. Welcome back to the Lap Traffic Podcast, Charles Crawl. All right, Lap Traffic Nation. Couldn't again do a milestone episode like episode 300 without the second highest appearance on the show, uh, formerly known as the Orange Cone, making his 22nd appearance on the show, Charles Crawl. Charles, what's up, brother? How are you, man? I'm doing good, Brandon. How about you, man? I am awesome. Thank you for for coming on. It's 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 gonna be weird. Like you know, it was just what's up, home. Like it was. Yeah, you got to call me by an actual name. Synonymous. Um, so let's uh, let's let's talk about that for a minute because I, I saw your tweet and I thought it was beautifully scripted. Um, and and maybe scripted is even the wrong word. Just really well written in that you know. This is who I am, and this is what I was doing. I had a blast with it. It was amazing, and it, it ran its course, and, and now this is what you're going to be getting from me. And I love that because I think, you know, the, the Orange Cone account and, and the idea behind that uh, was beautiful. Uh, it was one of the most successful, uh, you know, parody accounts, if, if you will, and people tried to imitate you left and right, and they couldn't do it. And I love that part of it too. Like you, you set the bar, and you built something really strong and and fun and interactive. And I want to thank you for doing that, man. And and it was it was a great run. Well, I, first I appreciate that, Brandon. And you know, I one thing that I always wanted people to to realize with that account is while I did from time to time uh, you know break the fourth wall so to speak sure. and, you know everything that was said there was was meant to be lighthearted and in, in, in good fun and uh, you know it, it was meant to to lift you know the sport of auto racing as a whole and and you know, do it, do it through, through humor and, and, you know, hopefully through, you know, well-intentioned humor. I, I didn't succeed all the time. You know, it was, I will, will readily admit that I, I made mistakes. I said things that I wish that I wouldn't have said in retrospect, you know, lots of things, sure. but overall 99.5% of, of what happened there, um, interactions with others, uh, you know, just, it was awesome. And, and it opened so many doors to me and created so many lasting friendships and relationships. And, you know, it really did. And, you know, it had, it, it had run its course and, you know, I, I had been weighing it for, yeah, for a while, to be honest, you know, um, it's just, it wasn't, it wasn't what it once was. Sure. And, it, and it's really hard to, you know, it's, it's really hard to, to be, you know, on all the time, yes. you know, it is. And yeah, it, I mean, even, 
Right. And, and yeah, I mean, even the, the, the best television shows in the world, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not saying I'm Jerry Seinfeld by any stretch of the imagination, but even Seinfeld, you know, ran its course and MASH ran its course. And, you know, and, and I just, I wasn't feeling it. And it just had run its course. And before I just, you know, shut it down, I did. I wanted to, to say thanks to everybody for following along and, 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 you know, the reality of it was, Brandon, is that is something that I started for my own entertainment <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the and the fact that anybody else you know bought into it and followed along and and thought it was entertaining in any way was just a huge bonus and 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 honestly to sit in on the comfort of my couch and and watch the daytona 500 and listen to mike joy talk about his buddy the orange cone uh just beyond my wildest dreams that, that that would ever happen and i am I'm, I'm grateful to everybody who who followed along and you know you i i hope that everyone follows me on my my personal account at chaz crawl c-h-a-s-k-r-a-l-l um there's some racing content there too but it's more of a, a personal you know this is what goes on in my life type thing um i'll still share some you know some pictures we just did a 10 at 10 you know trivia game the other day that's something that i haven't done in many years which was a lot of fun um yeah i just you know it, it, it was it was just time yeah no for sure man well listen uh you know you, you built a legacy there and uh, like you said you know uh, we probably wouldn't have connected if it wasn't for for that account and starting a podcast and you know you being the very first guest episode 10 yeah. uh you know almost you know six years ago basically so it's yeah. uh it's been a hell of a ride <laughs> and, and you know and and i gotta make the joke you know i think there's probably two things in the world that are often Im- imitated and never duplicated that's the world of outlaw sprint cars and the orange cone you know there were so many other <laughs> yeah. so many other parody accounts that popped up you know so quickly afterwards and you know and i i didn't really have any you know everyone's entitled to their 15 minutes you know and i think the one thing that that i was lucky to have that many others didn't was i had pre-existing relationships with whether it was drivers or racetracks or you know, certain members of the media. And I, I told everybody who I was, you know, there, it, there was no secret, you know, there, there were some people who were like shocked to find out, you know, it, it wasn't like a, a, a public thing, but you know, it was a, it was a guarded secret, you know, that, yes. that certain people knew and, you know, that, that encouraged people to interact. And, and I think that's what everyone kind of thought was, Oh, I'll start this account. And, and immediately they'll be talking about me on right, <laughs> on yeah, television. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and unfortunately, you know, and again, not that I, I was, you know, not hoping for their, their success, but you know, it is, it's, it's a lot easier to do that when you have some of these pre-existing relationships and people know who you are and they know that when you say something, right. It's, it, you're not attacking them. You're, you're, being playful with them. And, yes. and that was, that was the one thing that I think as I, as, as the, the, that account grew, Brandon, was that I, I think, and it's not just because new people came in, I think social media as a whole changed and it's very, very hard to be playful with anybody on social media these days. Fair enough. Anything, anything you say, 
right is is always taken as some negative rather than you just trying to be lighthearted about it Absolutely. and and once once that attitude and, and and honestly that's really the what what led me to to make this decision was sure. it just it's so it's so hard to interact with people and be lighthearted and and everybody know it's lighthearted so you know i, I did i had a great time and um you know i met so many wonderful people and had so many just priceless interactions and, and lifelong memories and, and my children all got to interact with you know from jimmy johnson and kyle larson and chip ganassi and jack roush and you know i mean uh, there's no way uh, you know a guy sitting on his couch <laughs> you know is, yeah. is able to do that yeah. you know you know, just, you know, I, I am, I'm, I'm a very lucky guy. And, and, you know, I, I thank everybody for, for playing along as long as they did. And I'm just, you know, re- ready to, to, uh, to focus on some other things and, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see. You know, I, I think there's a lot of good things in, in the offing for, for my future in, in the next couple of years. So rather than kind of splitting my, my attention, we'll, we'll focus on, on some of those things and see where we end up, you know, I love it. Well, man, uh, let's let's talk about uh, some ARCA racing. Uh, great wrap-up to the season you guys had. Uh, Nick Sanchez, your 2022 ARCA champ. Talk about Nick for a minute, man. Oh, man, I cannot say enough positive things about Nick. You know, he's just a, a great kid, and he does a really nice job on the racetrack. He doesn't. You know, doesn't go out there and and, and bump and bang and, and aggravate people. He, you know, he's a good, clean, hard racer. Nick is not a guy that's gonna you know jump up and down and and point at himself and say, hey, you know, throw that spotlight on me. But he does all of his talking on the racetrack, and and his championship is well deserved. Um, you know, Max Siegel. Uh, I know Max did not win the owners' championship. Um, but, but to, to be the car owner of the driver champion, um, you know, the, the rev racing team in just their second, basically their second full-time season to come away with the championship is a, is a wonderful testament to them, Matt Booker and, and, um, Brad means and, and everybody over there just works so very hard on what they do. And, and, and they're, they're basically, you know, the, the charter of that team, the, the reason that team exists is to work with new drivers, like every two to three years, you know, so they're constantly moving drivers through there. They don't really get a chance to build, you know, long-term relationships with these drivers. Um, but, but to come in and, and, you know, in, in what was Nick's third year with the team, win that championship is just fantastic. So congratulations, congratulations go out to them. You know, we had a a phenomenal, you know, final race of the year there at Toledo. Um, You know, a little, little controversy there, (laughs) you know, it was, you know, that's, you know, we, we talked about that, you know, internally, um, you know, as, as a, as an organization afterwards, it's like, you know, that's what people come to these things for, you know, they don't come necessarily to see a fight, but they come to see something that they're going to remember. Yeah. You know, we're, we're in the business of, of selling memories and that's something they're all going to remember. You know, that, that final five laps of that race was, was as good as any final five laps of any race that I think you'll see all season long. So yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And, and for me to, to also have the opportunity to work those East and West races, um, you know, out of you the 34 races, the place. yeah, man, out of the, <laughs> the, the 34 races in our platform in 2022, I, I worked 33 of them. 
And, you know, there were two, two of them, two, two of those race days where I called, you know, worked two different races in two different time zones. <laughs> so yep. uh, actually there were three different days where I did that. So, um, and that, and not, that doesn't include the, the weekend that I did a race in New York, Washington state and Illinois, all on back-to-back days too. So, um, I, and, and honestly, uh, I, I will, you won't ever hear me complain about that. I, that's, it is, it's a dream come true to be able to, to, to do this. And did you get to call um, any this year? Uh, yeah, I, I did 13, um, whether it was an Arkham and Art Series East or Arkham and Art Series West, I did 13 television broadcasts on Flow. Uh, those were also broadcast, you know, on a tape-delayed basis on USA Network. Um, I haven't really figured out what my plan is for next year yet, but I'm hoping they're going to let me come back and do it again um, in 2023. I, I do. I have an absolute blast doing it. You know, a lot of people sit there and say, well, man, they, I wish they would give you a color commentator and a pit road reporter. And, you know, I, it, while it would be nice, I, you know, I'm, not, I, I'm always, uh, uh, an advocate for, you know, more voices on, on a broadcast. I, I'll do whatever they ask me to do, you know, and, right. and I'll do it with, I'll do it with a smile on my face and, well, well um, put I my do. I just, down when they need a pit reporter. You, you got it. I'm, I'm just, I, I do. I just, I consider myself to be a very lucky guy to be able to do it. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a, it's a very small uh, fraternity of people who, who get to work and broadcast these races. And for me to be one of them, you know, even at this level is literally is a dream come true. So, um, yeah, we'll see what, what 2023 has, um, has in store. You know, we're, we're in the process of, of finalizing those East and West schedules right now. And, you know, we'll announce a broadcast uh, schedule uh, for the main ARCA tour, you know, shortly after that. And, you know, before you know it, we're going to be down at Daytona for, for the preseason practice. And then we'll go back for the race. And, you know, from there on out, it's, it's hammered down, you know. Eat, sleep, repeat, right? <laughs> That's it. That uh... is it. What uh, holidays right around the corner, man? What uh, you guys doing? Anything going anywhere? Anything fun scheduled? Uh, you know, I think for for me, the month of of December is like rest and relax. <laughs> it really is. You know, it really is the, the the only true downtime that I have in the course of the year. You know, as I said, Brandon. You know, Arca as a company sanctioned 34 races in the course of of the season most of of you know uh, of the the core group of employees that work in our office they work the 20 race arkham and art series schedule then we've got you know the the group that that work the the east and the west races while some of us do occasionally go back and forth and and do you know one or two west races here or maybe an east race here you know, there are, I, I don't know how many of us more than me do all of them, do you know? So, yeah. um, and that doesn't really lead to a lot of opportunity to take vacation weeks during the middle of a very busy, so I'll check out, you know, I, I won't say check out, I'll still be around and still be involved, but uh, December is kind of like when I go into hibernation and, yep. and recharge my batteries, I think we'll get get together with some family and, and some friends and, and, and hang out a little bit and and relax but uh you know ashley and i have have a very very beautiful house down here on the on the west side of toledo and i don't spend enough time here in the in these in the summertime <laughs> so right. i don't i don't want i don't want to leave now you know so we'll, we'll 
we'll spend some time in the house and get all the projects done that we want to get done and, and get it cleaned up and, and ready to go. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll do some of the, uh, the visiting, uh, you know, as we get around the holiday time though. Excellent. I love it. Well, listen, man, uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you for 22 times on the show. Thank you for being the first guest ever. And, uh, thank you for, for being here on episode 300 and, uh, you know, the friendship, the support, man, it, it goes without saying how much I appreciate it. It's, it's always fun to get to run into you, uh, typically Michigan. Cause I didn't get anywhere else this year, but, uh, uh, I always appreciate the, the fact that you make me really feel a part of the sports and, and I appreciate that. Well, that's the great thing about it now, Brandon, is you are a part. <laughs> you know, once once wow. you're in, you're in. Once, <laughs> once you're in, you're in. It's really, really hard. You know, you have to make the decision yourself. You got to kick yourself out. Right, so, yeah, right, once, yeah, you're, yeah. once you're in, you're in, buddy. <laughs> I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. Well, listen, uh, tell the uh, crazy Italian lady I said hello, and I hope you guys and the family have a great holiday season and look forward to talking with you and seeing you next year, man. You got it, but we'll talk to you soon, Brandon. Right, Thanks. We'll see ya. Bye. Yeah. All right. I feel like he uh, could officially like be like Prince to where, you know, the the artist formerly known as the Orange Cone, uh, Charles Crawl. Like, I wonder the next time I have him on if if that's how I can introduce him, because I think that'd be hysterical. I think we could sell some T-shirts around that. <laughs> no doubt about that. But, uh, yes, uh, Charles Crawl. Great friend of the show as well, and just so glad to have his support over the years. It's It's been awesome. So, all right. As I mentioned at the start of the show, I saved two very special listener call-ins uh, for tonight's show for episode 300. And I think now's the perfect time to get Kathleen McDonald and, and talk to her. Uh, she's a big fan of uh, the artist formerly known as the Orange Cone as well. So, I mean, I think she's going to love the fact that she's following the Orange Cone. So, uh, dear friend, uh, I've met up with her at MIS at Chicago homestead and it's uh it's been a great friendship uh with kathleen mcdonald so let's get kathleen back on the line all right let traffic nation joining me on the line not only is she an og to the podcast but we followed and interacted with each other long before the lap traffic podcast and the lap traffic pc twitter handle back when uh my old b crowd 29 Twitter handle uh, was around, which is still there. I just, I don't think I've tweeted from my personal account in like four years. Uh, all that to say, welcome back to the Lap Traffic Podcast, dear friend of the show, Kathleen. Kathleen, how are you? I am fantastic. Hello, Brandon. Hello, everybody. And yes, we've known each other a long time. Um, thanks to Kevin Harvick bringing us together. Absolutely. We probably would have followed each other regardless, <laughs> but yes. um, it's nice to have that in common. Absolutely. No, it, it is. It's a, it's an absolute pleasure and, a, and, and an honor to have you on the show tonight. I appreciate it. I am so excited to have you on and to get to talk to you for a minute because it's been a long time, you know. The, oh, uh, I know. The, yeah. The, the wave around hotline is is a thing of the past, uh, you know, so I don't get your voicemails anymore on that. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it's been fun. We haven't seen each other since uh, Homestead, Miami, 2019. It's, it's yeah. crazy. And, and I mean, 
just to reflect on that, what a great time we had. Uh, we went to dinner one night, you, me, and Lindsay, which was awesome. And um, you're, you're just a true, absolute fan of the sport. And, you know, like you said, we, we met on Twitter. And that's one of the feel-good stories because there's so much negativity around social media. Uh, but if not for social media, this podcast wouldn't be here and we wouldn't have met each other. So there is some yeah. good that can still come out of it. Well, the whole reason I joined Twitter to begin with was to connect with other race fans and to like keep up with news because generally, unless you're on Twitter or really other forms of social media, it can get a little difficult to keep up with a lot of stuff. So I don't have a lot of friends in quote real life who are race fans. So Twitter enabled me to meet a lot of great people and meeting up with them at racetracks, you know, all kinds of races just has been such a blast. So um, it was our water cooler. It was like, Hey, you know, in the office, you'd talk about the TV show or the football game. Uh, but like you said, you know, not everyone's a big NASCAR fan. And so that created the, the water cooler atmosphere for us. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what, like you said, there's a lot of negativity, but, but it is easy to, you know, tune it out. I went on kind of a little bit of a, of a spree not too long ago where I kind of cleaned up my Twitter and got rid of some negativity and things like that. And, and it is better. There's still some, and I get it. People, you know, I complain about things, you know, life in general, you know, things that go on in racing, but when it's all you do, it kind of eats away at you and, and spoils your fun. So I try not to um, dwell on a lot of stuff like that. And, and just, you know, it is what it is and just keep scrolling. Absolutely. I am with you 100%. Kathleen, uh, I mean, you're not just a NASCAR. I'll say this. Kathleen is not just a NASCAR fan. She is a pure racing fan. Uh, if, if there's a race and you can go to it, you will go to it. And you were at the track the other night, weren't you? Yeah, there you have. A few years ago when I was down in Florida, um, they had, I was over near the Volusia area, over near Daytona, Ormond Beach, and Volusia's a dirt track down there, if people don't know, and every year that weekend, they have a, uh, David Rudiman, many people probably remember him, and his father, Buzzy, um, had some family members who were killed in an automobile accident. I think they were on their way to the track or on their way home from a track many years ago. So about 10 years ago or so, they developed this memorial race for them. And it's really a very cool event. It's two nights, Friday night and Saturday night. And this was my third year of going, and it's just it's just a bunch of fun. It's really good racing. Um, you do have some NASCAR people coming for it. It's it's dirt late models, and um, Justin Allgaier has been. Uh, Justin Haley was here this weekend. He was here that past weekend. So I, I'm going to try to make that sort of a little bit of a tradition as, you know, to, to go to that. It's, it's a very cool event. That's awesome. I love that. That's, that's cool. Uh, anytime you can create tradition 
around racing uh, is is a cool thing. And I can't wait to uh, start some of those with Alden here over the next couple of years. That's uh, that's going to be a lot of fun for sure. There, there's just something about creating your own personal nostalgia uh, and, and memories. And, and that's very cool. And, and a great cause around it, too. That just adds to it, which is awesome. Yeah. I love it. Um, let's and, see. What 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 tracks did you get to this year? Because you 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 got around. Um, I didn't go to any cup races. I this is the first year in many that I didn't go to any cup races. I did go to um, I I did go to a few truck races. I went to IRP um, for their. Well, that was awesome. The, yeah, it's the re re you know re welcoming back the truck series to IRP and yes. it ran with the ARCA series, and it was a it was a great event. Um, I was supposed to go to Mid Ohio and things kind of fell through with that, but I really um, next year I'm gonna go back to Darlington and try to maybe get some more Cup races back in the schedule. But to be honest with you. Going to the the standalone races now that they're trying to bring some back. You know, we're going to have Milwaukee next year yeah. as a standalone truck. You know, they're bringing IRP back again. Um, I went to Knoxville this year, the dirt race, but they're not running that again next year. But it's just it, the standalones are really where I started with getting back into NASCAR. I grew up going to um, asphalt late models up here in the Midwest in Wisconsin. You know, Indiana's had some, Illinois has some. And then I really didn't get into NASCAR until like much later because I didn't really have access to it. It wasn't on, you know, TV. We didn't have cable. I didn't have cable until I was, you know, well into adulthood. So it, you know, you, you could follow it to a certain extent. Um, and that's actually how I started following Kevin was actually in the truck series back in those days in the late nineties and early two thousands. I, you know, go into those, uh, races at, uh, Memphis, uh, Nashville super speedway was running them, um, gateway. And that's really, what I did for many years, I just went on that circuit. They they were running at Milwaukee back then too, and then I started. It it got easier for me to add some cup races in. Sure. So, but now I'm kind of trying to go back to, to back the to roots. the standalones to the if I can. <laughs> and yeah, and a lot of people are complain not complaining but crying out for, you know races to be at short tracks or you know smaller tracks than the big you know mile and a half and stuff and now we're getting some of them and you know we kind of have to put butts in those seats even though they're standalones you know because they're not they're not going to last if people aren't going which i think is part of what happened to iowa absolutely you know with yes. there's you know people were saying we need to go to these tracks but if you're not going to go to the track and support that um yeah no they're going to be taken away and i mean i you know i guess it de depends on everyone's definition of standalone but you know iowa was truck and xfinity in a weekend you know you got two yeah and yeah the up until recently you know the the quality of racing there was fantastic for both series and it just yeah it, it wasn't uh 
it wasn't drawn. And I don't even think if you would have added cup there, it was really going to make that big of a difference. But it it was great quality <laughs> racing there for a while. So, no, I, I agree. Yeah, you know, you want these these one-offs, so to speak. You, you got to go. And, uh, you know, obviously Wilkesboro – uh, you know, that'll, that'll sell. I don't think Milwaukee's going to have any issues. Um, and, and that'll be a good time. It'll be affordable for the families, uh, that, that don't normally maybe get to see one of the top three series, which is awesome. I think that that's a key thing, I think, to, uh, to help keep things in front of people, to help keep it in the viewers eyes, the casual fans like, Oh, Hey, NASCAR trucks is going to be here. You want to go? Yeah, let's go. And and I yeah. think that does, you know, what we all hope it's going to do and get some some new viewers and some new people at the track to, hey, let's go have fun on a Friday night. And, oh, wow, this is awesome. I'm going to tune in next week, actually. So, And you mentioned bringing Alden to races eventually. I mean, besides bringing them to like a local, local track, the truck races or even Xfinity races are the next best thing to Absolutely. like start getting those kids, yep. you know, it's affordable. They're not as long. Um, you know, it's a smaller, it's a smaller environment. You're not trying to keep an eye on a, on a little, little one at a big track, yes. you know, like let's say, you know, a Michigan or a Chicago land or, you know, tracks like that. It's, it's easy to, to lose a kid if you're not paying Absolutely. attention, Yes, but yeah. when you're at those smaller venues, um, yep. you know, it's, it's, a, it's a much better environment to try to develop the interest for the little kids. No so doubt. no doubt about that. Um, Kathleen, any plans for the holidays? Where, uh, where are you going to be at? What are you going to be doing? Um, I'm down in Florida. We'll be here. Um, I'll be here through probably about the middle of December. Julie Bosley, um, who I met on Twitter and has become one of my very bestest friends, um, and her husband are down here with me for this week for Thanksgiving. So awesome. we're doing a seafood buffet because how well, can I'm you not do that when you're in Florida? Absolutely. Yeah, on the beach. Yes. Yes. And then I've got the snowball derby coming up in a little less than two weeks. And I'm still going to hang around Florida for a little bit after that. But um, once I get home, I'm, I pretty much just hibernate until at least the end of February. And um, it's, it's my goal one day to get back down here for races in February not only the, you know, Daytona 500 weekend and all that, but the goings on at New Smyrna and Volusia, you know, try to get in as much there. You'll have racing somewhere every night in the month of February down here, but I won't be able to do it next year, but hopefully, um, hopefully one of these years I can rearrange things and, and, and get that checked off. Yeah. Excellent. I love it. Well, Kathleen, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, thank you for the uh, the friendship and the support over 300, 300 shows in six years. I, I appreciate it more than you'll know. And uh, we definitely have to make sure we can reconnect uh, next year at a racetrack because 2019 uh, has been far too long. That's for sure. And you know what? 
I'm going to do some homework over the, the offseason with NASCAR, and I'm coming back on that damn fantasy league strong. Excellent. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was... I'm sick of being in the basement every year. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, Kathleen, thank you again. I hope you have a great holiday season. Safe travels. Tell the Bosleys I said hello, and uh, we'll talk to you and see you very soon. I will. Thank you very much. Thanks. We'll all right, Lap Traffic Nation, there was Kathleen. We've got so much to do still. Uh, we've got NASCAR Chasm coming up. we got Parker Kligerman. we got Matt Tift. We've got uh, Aaron and Brian. We've got Andrew Kantian. But I think now is a good time to let's, let's do some social media. And as I mentioned at the start of the show, let's do a very condensed version of uh, the annual award show and uh, have some fun there. We got some prize packs to give away, all that good stuff. All right, make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com. If you went to the website, you would have saw earlier today the spoiler list of everybody that was going to be on the show. So mail. that's one of the benefits of actually going to the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com. Uh, you might get an early sneak peek of who's going to be on the show. That's where all the fantasy updates are done. All that good stuff. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all at Lap Traffic PC. I put out a huge prize pack. I wanted to give three giveaways, three obviously for 300 shows. And I've got some awesome stuff. I got a Lap Traffic hat. I've got Lap Traffic t-shirts, stickers, koozies. I've got some NBC stuff to give away, pint glasses, hats, uh, drawstring bags. And then... As you guys know, I do trophies every year for the for the fantasy winners and for the awards winners and all that. And I figured, what the hell? Uh, so you're getting a custom 300-episode prize pack winner trophy as well. And speaking of prizes and all of that, everything got mailed out yesterday with the exception of the three prize packs because I obviously don't have anyone's addresses or anything like that yet. But I had the day off yesterday as a recovery day from uh, coming back from uh, Indianapolis over the weekend. I'm like, you know what? I've got like 17 things. Um, I can go stand in the post office at 10 o'clock in the morning and not have to wait in line. So so that's what we did. And I will get the three prize packs out as soon as I get uh, three addresses. So um, let's see. I think because it is episode 300 and all that good stuff, I think a drum roll is in order here for the winners. There you have it. Okay, so winner of prize pack number one is going to go to Amber at Princess Amber 86, a Hamlin Gibbs and Dinger fan. I mean, who isn't, especially an AJ Allmendinger fan? I can get behind that all day. Uh, Larry Parler at Speed Pro 1963, NASCAR fanatic from uh, Kansas City, or is a Kansas City fan from Tennessee. And Dave Bolger at BLG5, big NASCAR fan from Illinois. Congratulations, guys. You are, uh, you each are winning one of the three prize packs of the uh, episode 300 giveaway there. Thank you to everybody that retweeted all of those. That got a lot of impressions and all of that good stuff on Twitter, which was awesome. Thank you guys so much for that. There are going to be some off-season giveaways. At Atlanta Racing is doing one right now as well, so make sure you're following At Atlanta Racing and at the Throwback Brand, which is where my hats are from. I still have 
a handful of hats left if anybody wants to purchase one. Shameless plug. These things are awesome. Uh, just shoot me a DM and uh, we'll we'll get you squared away. We've got some new follower shout outs. We got Greg Shininus, I think, at Greg, S-C-H-I-N. E-I-S. You're home for NASCAR shit. That's what his profile says. Absolutely love it. Uh, Let's see. We've got Tim Schregen at Tim Schregen 39, owner of the Racing Insiders and a new WWE fan. Uh, Tim, you've come to the right place because me and Dustin Albino from jski.com like to go on wrestling rants. So uh, stay tuned for that down the road. And speaking of wrestling, uh, Terrence Ward at the T.W. Ward. Uh, this guy is a uh, is a ring announcer, what I think is from the indie scenes. He's all over TikTok, and this guy has an incredible ring announcer voice. Like, I would absolutely love for him to cut a, uh, a promo for the Lab Traffic podcast because that's how awesome his voice is. And so if he actually listens to this, which would be amazing, uh, let's let's make that happen. And Kaylee Newberry at WX Kaylee 13, huge NASCAR fan from Tennessee. Welcome to the show, everybody. Make sure you tell your friends. I've got free stickers and koozies. All you have to do is fill out the contact page on the website, the LabTrafficPodcast.com, and I will send those out to you for free. Okay, now, before I get into the very condensed award show, um, I told you guys last show that I was going to be changing things up and that I was cutting out of the show the Lucky Dog and Lap Down segment. I think after six years, that's run its course. And so what I'm going to do is that's obviously a spot to fill uh, on the show notes. And I'm going to turn it over to you guys to uh, help me with that. So if you've got a great idea, for a segment, whether it's fan involvement, whether it's a weekly, whatever the case may be, bonus points if you can tie in puns off lap traffic in any capacity, and whatever gets picked, uh, I'll have you on the show for the uh, first time we do it, as well as sending you some form of a lap traffic prize pack. So uh, that is your challenge in the offseason. I'll tweet that out as well uh, over the next week or so, and... uh, get that out there for you guys so i thought that'd be fun let's turn it over to you guys for that so okay now as you guys know for the last five years we've ended this show or we've ended each season with the award show and i've had the awards winners i've tried to reach out to some people i've had some on all that good stuff well obviously tonight with it being episode 300 uh, doing things a little different, but I didn't want to ignore the fact that that's that's what we do. So let's uh, let's let's do the very quick uh, awards show from this year's 2022 uh, Lapped Traffic Podcast Year End Ballots and and see who you guys picked for for some winners here. All right, well, you guys voted uh, without any surprise that your favorite segment. On the Lab Traffic podcast are the are the interviews, which is awesome. That's the most fun for me too, believe me. So uh, I'm glad you guys enjoy that. So obviously, those ain't going anywhere next year, and we'll be back with that. Uh, let's see, Lab Traffic Nation, your 2022 shock in awe moment with 83 percent of the vote uh, is Ross's move at Martinsville. I mean, no surprise there. 
Uh, you know, anything else just was a far distant second there. This one I was surprised at a little bit, to be honest with you. Your 2022 race of the year, as voted by you guys with 26% of the vote, was the Daytona 500. I mean, obviously a great race, no doubt about that, but uh, I was I was surprised that that held on throughout the entire season as the race of the year for you guys. Um, your drivers of the year, Lap Traffic Nation, is voted by you guys. Truck driver of the year with 58% of the vote going to Zane Smith. Your 2022 Xfinity driver of the year with 68% of the vote, Noah Gregson. And the cup driver of the year, and this one surprised me, 42% of the vote, but he got so many lap down votes this year. But you guys voted Ross Chastain as the cup driver of the year. I mean, I can get behind that all day. No doubt about it. I could totally, totally get behind that. Uh, but I was I was surprised to see it. And then my favorite category of the year, every year without a doubt, is who you guys voted as guest of the year. And with 26% of the vote, you guys voted our 2022 Cup champion, Joey Logano, as uh, guest of the year, which was awesome. Followed very closely by WWE superstar Sheamus, which which was awesome. So, um, okay, yes, there it is. Your very, very condensed award show. We'll get back to the more grandiose, if you will, award shows next year. And we'll have some acceptance speeches like we normally do and all of that good stuff. But uh, like I said, just too much going on tonight to, uh, to drag that out any further than what I just did in a matter of, I think, two and a half minutes there. Okay, so before we get to the next uh, call, I do, I gotta say, guys, uh, I cannot thank you enough. Uh, the tweets that I've gotten over the last day or two, uh, congratulating and, and all of that has just been so heartwarming and I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. It, it means the world and as Lindsay said at the start of the show, uh, that that's what keeps me here and keeps giving me a reason to be here, which I absolutely love. So thank you guys all so much for the support and man, we'll, uh, we'll just keep rocking and let's keep rocking with the very famous NASCAR chasm. All right. Lat traffic nation continuing on with just epic guest after epic guest tonight could not do episode 300 without one of the best parody accounts out there. The person that comes up with the best fake text messages ever, making his 10th appearance on episode 300. Welcome back to the Lat Traffic Podcast. NASCAR Chasm, what's up, brother? Nothing. This is 10? This is 10, yes. Do, do I get do I get free merch after this? <laughs> you know what? Like something? I've got Keep... hats, man. If you want a hat, I will send you a hat. Oh yeah, no, I'm man. I'm bought and sold cheap. Yeah, let's let's figure this out. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't do, the, I didn't, I didn't do this out of the goodness of my heart, man. I want no, swag. No, I something. want free stuff. Yeah, I want, I want hats. I want koozies. I want whatever. I like I said, I got it. I mean, I have, these are I have, trucker hats. They're passionate. All right. Oh, dude, they are pretty sweet. I will. Uh, Fantastic. I'll send you a picture of a couple, and uh, you tell me which one you want, and it's in the mail. <laughs> Oh, that sounds great, man. I love it. Uh, what's new, man? How, how have uh, things been since we wrapped up in Phoenix? What's what's going on, man? 
Oh, you know, we're uh, we're we're still making uh, uh, some content for dot com over the uh, over the off season, all like like we always do. But you know, I mean, you know, uh, we're taking a uh, a much needed break. Um, and it, it took me base. Well, here's the deal. When I say much needed break, let me preface that. Okay. Um, for the first off off season weekend, like, okay, fine. No race. I'm going to sit and watch the bears game. It took one week for me to be like, okay, all right. Off season sucks. When is the clash? That's all it took. Yeah. It took one. And I, I don't know. It, it might've been the lions. Game. I was going to say, was that the week you played the lions? <laughs> yes. And lost to them. So it's like, okay, you know, off season has been fun. The time to relax a little bit. No, screw that Wednesday, Tona. <laughs> you know, here's here's how bad it is to be a Lions fan. We are Detroit is celebrating three wins in a row, which we have not done since 2017. Like, yes, that that's what we're rallying around right now after a no man start. <laughs> Six, success is relative. Hey, you know what? If you win, if if you win three in a row in a NASCAR, you're in the Hall of Fame. So you know what? Right? Let's, let's, let's consider it relative here. Yep. Yes, exactly. Dan Campbell Hall of Fame. That's right. <laughs> you know that would have that would qualified for the playoffs for our playoffs pretty well. Right? You know, let's yeah. let's put it perspective man oh man that's hysterical i love it um yep. what's uh what's the plans for thanksgiving and the holidays man uh well for thanksgiving i'm gonna uh, do the standard family visit up there in uh, northwest indiana um i'm uh i'm, I'm, I'm big into the pie uh it, it's become kind of a problem you know have you ever if you reach the point where you will actually not eat or graze as much of the actual meal, you know, the turkey, the mashed potatoes, the stuffing, because you know that pie is later. Yes. And uh, that's that, that's the point I'm at right now. It's it's it, it's really tragic, come to think of it. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. I am like, you know, it's kind of like dinner is just kind of this bland, uh, okay, pretty decent opening act, but really I'm waiting for the headliner, which is the pie. Yes. And I'll, yes. you know, and, and I'm not like a one or two piece kind of dude. We're talking straight gorging until diabetic. Oh. Like that's that's what I do. That, uh, that's the plan. All right, so I have to ask, because you've opened the door for about six, that's what she says in a matter of 30 seconds there. Uh, God, <laughs> you're, you're, you're ill, man. This is a family show. Come on. Um, all right, as, as far as, as the, the topping on said pie, are you a, you don't want to see the pie? Are you a, a, a just a small little s splash of, of the, uh, the, the topping? What, what, what kind of topping do you want on said pie? Oh, it doesn't matter. I'll put I'll put a piece of pumpkin on top of a piece of cherry. I don't care. It's right. it's it, it's pure gluttony, and it's actually kind of a <laughs> kind of gross, kind of gross. Remember remember the guy they find at the beginning of the movie Seven. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that. Yeah. See, I I don't want to see the pie. I want it fully engulfed in in. Oh, you some, want like the whipped cream? cream? Oh yeah, whipped cream. Yes. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yes. Okay, well that makes sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right, man. Um, what uh, your your quick recap, 2022. We, we saw a lot. We saw, you know, 19 different winners. We saw some success at some tracks in terms of competition and entertainment that we maybe didn't see at some tracks years past. Mm -hmm. We saw some injuries, unfortunately, along the way. Um a ton of driver changes, big changes uh, from a silly season perspective. What uh, what's your overall take on 2022 looking into 2023? 
Boy, uh, eventful. You know, that, that is the word I use. I love it. Uh, eventful. Um, you know, and, and not just the on-track stuff, not suddenly like, you know, oh, my gosh, you know, these mile-and-a-half races, these are my lord. What's, you know, what's going on here? Um, especially, I would say, the, uh, the the grand high llama of all those would be the Coca-Cola 600. Like, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I am, like, wired at midnight because I've just sat through, like, 600 miles of insanity. And I was just like, yeah, no, it was yes, like- yes. You know, that was – uh. Uh, that, that was quite enjoyable. Um, the, the little the little moments that I will uh, uh, remember and forever cherish are obviously the Ross Chastain move where he decided that uh, the laws of physics don't apply to him. You know, good for him. Have you gone back and played NASCAR 2005 just to see if it actually works? Or? No, because no, you know what? Here's the thing. If you're a driver and you're trying to replicate that on iRacing or 2005, whatever, imagine how depressing it would be if you can't even replicate it on a video game. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, my gosh. You know, um, so 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 I wouldn't even bother. I would save myself the heartache. The uh, and the other thing is, you know how like usually when it comes to driver announcements, so on and so forth, we're used to basically a, a team or so ever putting out a tweet like, "Hey, next week we'll announce our driver lineup," and then within five minutes, there's a tweet from a reporter saying, "This is what's happening." Yes. Well, you know the the, the secrets are like put just poorly kept secrets everywhere. Uh, the Tyler Reddick driver announcement with Denny Hamlin. Uh, oh my gosh out of nowhere and like for it to be completely unexpected like that is so rare so you got to give uh denny and 23 xi kudos for you know pulling that off you know i would say it's almost gonna be the way they're gonna have to do that if they want to if they want to be the ones as a team and an organization you know you gotta get creative like that oh exactly you know and i'm not you know uh, by by no means saying reporters shouldn't do that man they are they're absolutely doing their job and doing what they should be doing yes yes. but you know it's almost like you know, to, to be able to pull it off with that level of secrecy. And I'm, you know, you heard Denny, uh, you know, talking about the day and how they had this like rigid schedule where it's almost like, you know, you know, like presidential movements, right. you know, <laughs> to, for, uh, the Eagle is for, coming in. He's coming. Yes. In. <laughs> yes. You know, exactly. You know, I put that, um, I would say in recent memory, the only two, uh, moments like that where I was like, okay, didn't see that coming. had to be, uh, uh, Tyler 23 XI and, uh, when Justin Marks uh, purchased all the uh, everything at Ganassi, I was like, "Okay, did not see that at all," right. you know. Yep. And yep. so, uh, so yeah, so you got to be, you know, in this day and age where uh, you know it's hard to keep secrets. If you do keep a secret, I think you uh, got to get the big attaboy. Absolutely, no, no doubt about that. Um, anything, uh, and any big projects that you guys are gonna do over at the dot com in the off season or? <laughs> Uh, not really, you know, just, uh, kind of sort of keeping the churn going. Uh, I have a few ideas. I don't want to, uh, spoil them right now. Fair enough. Uh, because, because I want you to, I want you to see how bad they are when they actually hit the website. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't want to, yeah, exactly. I don't want to ruin it, ruin it right now. So. Oh, that's great. Um, yep. all right. You know, just uh, just playing off of a lot of the stuff that you do, uh, whether it's the, the the fake text or I was a very big fan of the uh, why the final four would or would not win the championship. Oh, yes. That was a great yeah. one. Um, you know what? Uh, what might be some early 2023 headlines we see out of NASCAR chasm? Early 2023. Oh, man. 
Yeah, I have absolutely no idea. I I would actually like to go back to the will won't thing you mentioned because <laughs> I forget I forget I forget what slide it is, but I say there's no way Joey Logano will win because a driver has never won uh, in the year that corresponds with their car number, so it's never going to happen. Denny didn't win an 11. Kyle Busch didn't win an 18. You know, uh, so I was like, sorry, it's just just not going to happen. That's a hell of a story. and. Uh, yeah, and so we say we see how accurate that was, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. So I'm just gonna, you know, I, I, I've got to, I just got to start stop predicting crap. It's just dumb. <laughs> I love it. That's great, man. Yep. Um, well, listen, uh, I want to thank you for uh, the support over over the last six years. I know you were a part of uh, season one way back, and uh, ten times on the show out of 300. That's a, that's a nice round percentage there. Yes. And, um, I, I just, I, I can't thank you enough. And, and it's been a blast. It, it's been great to hang out with you every once in a while, uh, when mm-hmm. we've been able to meet up at the track and, uh, it's, it's been an honor. So thank you very much. Oh, absolutely, man. And congrats on all your uh, success and for everything you do. You're, uh, you're one of the good ones, Brandon. I hope you know that. Well, I appreciate that very much, man. I, I, I really do. And uh, look forward to hopefully seeing you a, somewhere in 2023. Now that the little guy's uh-huh. uh, a little, he'll be over a year old. So uh, I, I won't mind, uh, you know, maybe getting away for a couple weekends to hit some tracks. So look forward to seeing you at some point, hopefully. And uh, hope you and the family have a great holiday season and a great new year. And we'll talk to you next year, man. Sounds great, Brandon. Thank you much for having me. Awesome. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you soon. I mean, it was NASCAR chasm. What more do you need to say? How awesome is he? I just, I love him. He liked the orange cone. I think Kaz was maybe like the second or third guest on uh, the show back on year one, which was awesome. So great to have him a part of the show. I mean, we're over 90 minutes in. We're not anywhere near being done with this thing. We got Parker Kligerman. We got Matt Tift. We've got Andrew Kansian. We got Aaron Studwell, Brian Newdorf. Let's, uh, I think we'll kind of teeter it towards closing it out with the college football talk of things in case you guys don't want to stick around for that. So uh, let's do, uh, let's get Parker Kligerman on the line next. All right, Lap Traffic Nation joining me on the line, making his fifth appearance on the Lap Traffic Podcast. You'll see him on NBC. You've seen him in trucks. And next year, you're going to see him full time in the Xfinity Series. Welcome back to the Lap Traffic Podcast. Parker Clickerman, what's up, brother? How are you? Thanks, buddy. Appreciate having me on. I can't believe it's been five times. How did that happen? I I mean, you know. You either are a glutton for punishment or, you know, you just expect a different outcome. (laughs) No, you're, you're good. You're good. I I appreciate it. So thanks for having me on, man. Thank you, man. Well, listen, let's, uh, let's, let's talk some things here. Um, What an incredible like journey you've had. And it's, it's been fun to watch your racing career. It's been fun to see on NBC. Um, you had eight top tens and 12 starts in the truck series this year. I mean, anytime you got in that damn thing, it was, it, it was a hell of a time for you. So, you know, talk about, I, I know you love the, the truck series and all that. So, so talk about uh, 2022 for you. Yeah. Well, um, it's funny you bring that up that I'm actually filming a video for my YouTube right now about basically how I got here. So that's pretty funny. <laughs> you caught me right in the middle of that. Yeah. So, <laughs> I think uh, it, you'll hear that same story, but the in terms of this year, you know, with what we were able to accomplish with Henderson Motorsports and Chris Carrier and everyone at Food Country USA, 
on that race team who you mentioned, like we just, man, we nailed it this year. Um, and we would just find a way to level up like every year for the last five or so years that we've been doing this. And I know I've told the story a lot, like 2020, January, 2020, you know, I didn't think we were going to continue just, you know, it's kind of a bleak time. Um, right before COVID, it, you know, I'd lost my cup ride at the 75 called me and Henderson Motorsports and said, Hey, look, I don't think we're going to do this anymore. Uh, you know, we need funded drivers or something like that. And sure. so it was a pretty bleak time and it get all the way back to where we were this year, where you mentioned we were on fire. We had a 9.2 average finish, which I think was damn close to being just like the champion um, and would have put us in the championship four. And we, you know, just excelled. We won a race at Ohio and we, uh, you know, there was a couple where I felt like we probably would have, could have won easily, you know, before that. I mean, Coda, you know, was one where we were going to finish second, sure. started running out of fuel and got spun out. So, I mean, our average finish could have been better, but I mean, it's a long-winded way of just saying it was so cool. It's been an amazing experience with them over the last couple of years, and it's not going to stop because I'm going to continue doing 10 or 12 races with them next year. Awesome. So I was going to ask you about that, if, we, if we'll still see in the truck. And I'm glad you brought that up because uh, in terms of like your average finish where you would have been, because I talked about it on the show at length that – I wish you were running full time because you you would have been out there and we very well may be talking about a Parker Clicker championship, which would be bad. So um, but hopefully we'll be talking about a Parker Clickerman championship in the Xfinity series. So talk about uh, how the ride came together there. Yeah, so. You know, and just one thing on the truck team, I think we all wanted to run full-time. We have and we tried. It's just, the you know, some of our performance came from us spreading our schedule out, sure, right? Like sure. in terms of our resources, we couldn't, you know, if you go do it, the double the amount of races that we did isn't double the resources. It's like three times. So yeah, <laughs> we so, just couldn't yeah. do it. <laughs> um, but in terms of Xfinity, you know, I, uh, I was – I saw what was happening with the the big machine racing number 48 as I was racing the trucks and just sort of inquired through some people I knew if there would be an opportunity there with all the drivers they were trying out. And, you know, I won mid Ohio and I got a call from the GM, Keith Barnwell. And he said, Hey, this is while I'm in victory lane. I didn't answer it, but I got the message afterwards while I was in mid Ohio. He said, Hey, this is the call. I know you want to, you want to get when you're in victory lane. Uh, congratulations, but would you like to come race at Talladega for us? (laughs) It was like, yes. Um, (laughs) So got that opportunity, got to meet Scott Borchetta, uh, Patrick Donahue, and work with him, and and you know just really gelled with the team right off the bat. And for the first time, I went up to the shop to the race at Talladega and how seamless it was, and just slotted right in, and and everyone did a great job. And you know, I I said to them, hey, if there's any more opportunities, or you know what, uh, you know, let me know. And so they they reached out a little later and said, you know, Scott, who said, would you like to do this full time, and was kind of asking if I would be committed to doing that. And I said, hey, you know. Yes, uh, but under one condition from my end, which is that I want to dive into 110 percent, and you know we we you know, I want to go race for a championship. I mean, you know, is that your guy's goal? And he said absolutely. So um, that was pretty cool. We we quickly came to agreement uh, and were able to announce that you know I'm racing for a championship with uh, Big Machine Vodka Spike Coors and Big Machine Racing in 2023 in the Xfinity Series, and it feels surreal. Um, I'm still like each and every day as I get to do things that 
you know, I haven't done in a long time in terms of preparing to go full time um, is is just sort of like a pinch me moment. And then the other part that's hilarious is that with driving the 75 and now the 48, I have gone from doing my most races in the last couple of years of like 19 in a year to I have 43 planned for next year. That's so awesome. <laughs> we got some serious driving ahead of us. Uh, but the way I look at it is that that just increases the opportunity to win by, you know, threefold. And uh, hey, we'll see. We'll see if we can get it done. So that's incredible. Um, I know the fans are good, are going to be excited about that. How will uh, the whole NBC thing work around a, a 43 race schedule? It's wild. You know, I just, uh, I'm one of those people that they, some people, uh, my mom likes to call me the Ryan Seacrest of motorsports. And I had oh a couple other people that reached, awesome. it, reached, <laughs> reached out to me and, and said the same thing recently. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to say it to my mom. So I'm still planning to uh, work with NBC on Sundays during their portion of the uh, NASCAR schedule. You know, what amount that looks like and when and where is sort of TBD at this time. And I think it's, you know, it's only understandable that, you know, my, my intention is to do that and do it at a high level, but at any point, if I feel like one is, you know, not, I'm not able to do each to its highest level, you know, that will probably be a point where I have to sort of look at my schedule and my time. And then sure. obviously if we're racing for a championship, uh, I may ask for a little bit of ability to focus solely on the driving side, uh, which I expect to be doing. So hopefully, you know, my time, my, my TV duties will sort of sub, uh, fall the wayside a little bit late in the season as we fight for a championship and we go out there and win one. Awesome, man. Um, I know you've raced with him obviously in the past on the track together, but uh, you know, how cool is it going to be to be racing full time with uh, you know, good friend of yours, uh, Landon castle next season. <laughs> well, I, I, if it's any indication how we race Talladega, we are like, you know pseudo teammates because i basically pushed them right. <laughs> all the way across the line so <laughs> i was thinking when i was on that last couple laps i i was kind of boxing third car on the bottom you know i didn't really have a i had one move the top with the one of sam mayor but i just didn't trust the lane was going and you know we we had a quick car it wasn't sucking up great um and so i just didn't make the move to the top and so it sort of boxed me in on the bottom and sometimes there's super way the best thing you can do is do nothing almost, right? Sure. And that's sort of just state your lane. And so I decided I was going to push the 10 of Landon Castle in front of me, either hell or high water. We were either going to win that race or wreck trying. And, you know, I did my best to push him, especially when AJ moved up. I thought it was our chance, but we just couldn't get the momentum to get him to the first. But, um, you know, it was a solid run for me. I thought it put us in the best position to finish somewhere between second to fifth. And, uh, you know, I missed that by one spot, but, it was fun to draft with him and I, you know, looking forward to being able to, you know, be work together that way throughout the season. His colleague is right down the street from us, but I also look forward to, uh, you know, the battles we'll have and the times where I hopefully will, uh, you know, eclipse him since he's one, he's one up on me right now. There you go. Our finish at Talladega, so. <laughs> How's, uh, how are things over at the uh, E-Racer series, sir? Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're a bit of a holding pattern right now. We had, you know, just between everything myself and Landon had going on this year, it's just been, you know, part of those one of those years where bandwidth and time and that sort of thing don't line up with sort of passion stuff that we have out there like eraser with, with the eraser event so we haven't been able to do the firecracker 400 we are consistent can you know looking at ways that we can uh you know get going again on that um we've got a great group of people that eraser that you know continue to uh push and find ways to make that happen and also we have the e-nascar series this year um which was a lot of fun the count colin bowden derek uh bordeaux and they they just, um, you know, they both get, did their best. They didn't quite uh, find themselves fight for a championship, but they were a lot of fun to work with, and um, we'll uh, we'll see where we end up for next year. Awesome, man. I love it. 
Well, listen, man, uh, I want to thank you uh, five times uh, coming on the show and look forward to uh, having you back on at some point next year to talk about how the, uh, the new ride is going. And uh, thank you. Thank you, NBC, uh, for your support of the podcast and, and helping to celebrate tonight's 300th episode, man. I, I really appreciate it. Awesome, man. Yeah, congratulations on 300 episodes. It's a big deal. And and thank you also to NBC. You mentioned it in terms of just they've been <clears throat> so supportive of me over the last few years, um, just like supporting this podcast and, you know, have allowed me to chase the the dream of driving. Right. And have been open to that. And that doesn't you know, that doesn't happen easily. That that means a lot of people had to step in at times or or fill in for me at times and and just schedules and that sort of thing. And it's been really cool how they've supported me and allowed me to get to this point. So as you, you asked about what my you know intentions are on the TV side is to do everything I possibly can to, uh, to make sure that, you know, we're bringing the best broadcast possible or my, or I'm adding everything I possibly can to the broadcast uh, each time I get the opportunity. I love it. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Uh, I hope you have a great off season, get to enjoy some time with the family and all that good stuff. And, uh, Daytona's right around the corner, man. So uh, I know we'll be talking soon. Take care, and and thanks again for the support, man. Awesome. Thank you, buddy. Congratulations. Thank you. We'll see ya. I love the support of NBC, everybody. You know, from, uh, let's see, I know we've had Steve Lichardt on, obviously. Parker Kligerman's been a part of the show. Uh, I know, God, I'm drawing a blank. How sad is that? I'm drawing a blank. I know there have been a couple other people from NBC uh, that have been a part of the show. Uh, Kelly Stavis, back when she was doing things with uh, NBC, she was on. Um, it's It's been incredible. So uh, so thankful for, for their support. Man, just, just so cool. I love everything about it. Okay. All right. Let's keep things going. We're going to do a little NASCAR talk, a little college football talk. Uh, for those that don't know, Matt Tift is an Ohio State fan, and I'm a Michigan fan, and we've had some bets over the years at uh, where where I've had to pay some some I've had to make good on some bets and had to wear an Ohio State T-shirt and tweet that out because Ohio State annihilated us a couple years. So, but uh, I, I've got a little redemption in my corner right now. So, uh, let's see what's going on with uh, Matt Tift over at Team fast and and what he's got going on i have him back for his seventh appearance on the show from team live fast it is mr matt tiff sir how are you man i'm good i guess is seven lucky or or is that a bad thing i i think it's very lucky uh because you know next year will be year seven of the show closing out season six so I think it's it's very lucky and and definitely not going to be the last time. So uh, well, that's good. awesome. <laughs> Love to hear it. <laughs> yeah. So listen, a uh, couple we got we got a couple things to talk about. I want to talk uh, some NASCAR. Uh, we have to talk college football. I mean, we I, that's that's a no brainer there. Um, let's start with on the NASCAR side of things. You guys are making the move over to Chevy. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? The decision behind that and and how that's going? Yeah, definitely a, a big um, a big change for us for sure. You know, it's not a not a small feat. Um, it's not uh, just changing stickers on a car. You know, it, it's definitely much uh, much more wrapped up into it. So, um, you know, it's a it's a year where 
Luckily, from the logistics side of things, we are going to, um, you know, different clips and stuff in NASCAR right now. So we are um, taking our cars and chopping them apart right now and sending them back from the safety updates anyways. So it does make that process a, a bit easier, but a lot of the components are, are different from, um, you know, different parts of the car. So that, that, um, that definitely makes it a challenge. However, I think um, from an organiz- organizational standpoint, you know, the move was made to enhance our performance. Um, you know, when when we come to look at 2021 and 2022, you know, the first year in 21 was getting the team off the ground started. And we had a, a really good year that year um, from just getting our, our goals um, you know, met and getting things rolling. I mean, we, we really came into it. I think we announced it around Thanksgiving, you know, this, just this time and we didn't have a dollar to go to Daytona, um, at this time back then. So, um, it was definitely a, a big change going into there. Um, and then going into 22, you know, we had, uh, right away, we had the next gen car and we're sitting there going into Christmas with one car, uh, one and a half cars, whatever it was back then. And so, what the purpose of saying that is, is that we were in complete new team years both times. Sure. And this is the first time we could say, okay, let's take a step back, look at our program and really evaluate what are our strengths, what are our weaknesses. And as a small team, we don't have unlimited resources, right? So we have a wish list, you know, for Christmas here, right? We have a wish list. list, list Santa's you know, coming, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, no, we want we would, Santa, we would like um, we'd like twenty million from Santa, right? That'd be great. I think any team right now would like that, but uh, you know, we um, we have a, a long wish list, but you got to go through with um, with a small budget and say, okay, where can we really maximize the use of our dollars? And that came from, okay, we need to go step up our motor program. And we went to it and we said, okay, if we're going to go do this, we got to think about who is going to be the best partner for us to get with. And when we talked, um, you know, through our current situation um, this year and going to opportunities somewhere else, um, we, you know, we came across ECR, what, um, you know, what they're doing. And, um, you know, I've had a longstanding relationship with RCR back to my driving days. And, um, you know, that helped um, go over there and just make it feel comfortable. You know, that was a big part of it was knowing the guys there and having that relationship. So um, the transition, the Swiss to Chevy for me is a very natural one. Um, I'm definitely a Chevy guy. uh, So that, that um, helps feel my my passion for that side of it. But the other part too is, um, you know, the going up there and, and seeing the facility and working with the folks at ECR um, and having that support, you know, when we go to um, really invest in our team and, and spend that, um, spend the money and, and the resources there, when we're reinvesting in our team, we got to look at what's the most sense and, and the motor program with ECR are arguably the best one right now in the cup series. And we look at um, how many races Chevy won this past season. It's, it's incredible. So um, that track record, right, that track record right now, um, you look at that and go, okay, this is not going to make us a winning car by any means, but it gives us that next component to um, gain a momentum and g- grab the success we need to, to take that next step in our maturation process. Awesome, man. No, that that's very exciting. Um, I, I know it's been fun to watch you guys grow and definitely look forward to uh, continuing to see that upward trend for you guys. No doubt about that. Um, you, you mentioned the next gen car as, as someone that's had some health uh, scares 
uh, over the years. Um, can you talk a little bit at all about your thoughts behind the next gen car and the safety features and some of the challenges, if you will, that we saw this year? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a new car, right? So I'm not going to discount the fact that we um, we definitely all anticipated to have challenges and growing pains in there. Um, and I think going to, you know, first of all, before we even got to the safety stuff was, and this is a safety issue, but the um, single lug map, right? That was a big, big change for this sure. year. And we, um, we definitely fell victim to losing a tire, uh, I think maybe twice this year. And so that was a hard thing because from the team side, you're going, well, come on, like make sure the tires are, are you know, everything's tight, all the lugs are tight. And then you go back and watch the videos from the picker. It's like, I have no idea if that thing's loose, if it's tight, um, if it's overworked, like that one time, uh, Eric Jones had that, they got the, yeah, <laughs> they got right. the poor thing <laughs> on big road. Um, so you just don't know when you watch that and you go, okay, I, I get it now. Like this is, this is tough. And so, um, you know, when we go into, um, looking at the safety of the car, the, the challenges came up later in the year when we started getting some hits and especially the rear end impacts there. And it's scary because, you know, not only was this a big investment, but, um, driver safety is always at the top of concern for, for owners and, and being a previous driver, um, you feel for that. And we know this car was going to be more rigid. Um, we knew some of the plus um, areas that it was going to be better for some of the small impacts and some of the, the medium impacts with other cars, that this was going to be better in those areas. But the unknown is still there. So, um, you know, we fought through some of the fires and the problems we had there. Um, and that was definitely a tough problem that we had. Um, and I know other teams faced the same problem. And then um, luckily we never fell victim to any of the, um, the rear end impacts. But I think with any new car like this, um, you're going to have that. And, and, you know, there is definitely a lot of controversy and debate and everything in there and, and rightfully so. But uh, I am happy that with these new changes and updates and, and things we're going with the, um, with the light net and, and the clips and things like that, we're looking to a 2023 with a lot less um, problems and concerns on our hands. And we feel like, okay, we're, we're going into this with a very solid car that we know fundamentally does work. Sure. Um, but we, you know, at the end of the day, you don't want to see drivers out with concussions. You don't want to see injuries and, and man, I remember watching the, the Cody wear rack at Texas and that was a shot. Right. And, and that's, um, you're thankful people get out and walk away. And that's a, that's a beauty of these cars. They do test them, make sure they can walk away, but, um, we want to make sure we can keep on doing that forever. Absolutely. No doubt about that. That's awesome. And, and on the personal side of things, how's everything going for you health wise, everything, everything going good. Yeah, it's, it's been really good. Um, and, and you know, I, I appreciate that. And November was um, Epilepsy Awareness Month. So for um, anybody who didn't get to check it out, go um, check out different uh, epilepsy foundations and um, you know, definitely work, um, definitely go check out some seizure awareness um, protocols and testing and things like that. So, um, and ways to help people with that. So definitely um, cool thing. And, and, you know, this year we got to run the um, epilepsy foundation car at Martinsville. So that was really special for me um, to go see the car on the track. That's very cool, man. Um, all right. Let, let's transition to a little college football talk here. Um, oh boy. <laughs> if, if anybody's been listening to the show for a minute, uh, you know, Matt and I over the years have had some uh, uh, some bets and some challenges uh, over the years about Michigan and Ohio State. And uh, it was funny, Matt, um, last week or two weeks ago on my Facebook post uh, was the picture of me in my OSU T-shirt uh, with you at MIS. And 
it was an interesting season for for both teams. I didn't think Michigan, uh, you know, I, I had them at 11 and one. I'm like, there's no way we're going into the shoe and going to beat you guys. Did not think it was going to happen. Um, you know, long story short, we're both both of our teams are in the college football playoffs. Um, were you? You know, going into the weekend, you know, if the if uh, if USC wins, if TCU doesn't lose, Ohio State maybe doesn't get in. Uh, so we're, we're, did you become the biggest like, you know, anti USC fan this weekend? You know, <laughs> you know, to be honest, I um, I've been so freaking busy that I didn't follow it as much as I wanted to this year. Um, and, and it's been it's been rough with that part for a lot of sports. But um, <laughs> with the heavy announcement of change, I've just been going on Saturday. Saturday has been like my only chill out, relaxed day, you know. But um, I was obviously checking into the game. And so, yeah, that's uh, I think we started this thing, what, 2018? Is that right? Somewhere around there. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. Well before so, COVID. Okay. Yeah. So I think, I think we're, I think it's three to two now. So I, you're catching back I, up. I, and I don't, I think um, until, um, I mean, now I think it's a Ryan Day problem. So without, with Stroud in there and Ryan Day, it's not a good combination against Michigan, apparently. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, I got so, ner- yeah, I mean, CJ Stroud, he is just, an incredible court. Like if the lions were to draft him, I'd be okay with that, you know? <laughs> uh, and, and with Corum going out, I was, I mean, me and a couple buddies, we went to uh, the big 10 championship game uh, this past weekend. We went last year. So we had to go back this year and I was nervous. Uh, and, and I mean, Purdue gave us, they gave us some fits. Like it, it was close there in the first half. I'm like, shit, we may not come away from this damn thing, but uh, yeah. You know, we, we persevered. I mean, Matt, I want nothing more than for a rematch on November, uh, January 9th or 7th, whatever the hell that is. I that would that be, would be sweet. That would be pretty sweet. That, I mean, I am going to be pulling for you guys against Georgia because I want that rematch. Like, I just think that would be. A yeah, I don't I don't see any way they win against Georgia, to be honest. I mean. I was surprised the uh, what you guys opened up. I think six and a half point underdogs or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I tell you what, I think the 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 one big benefit for them is that it's basically going to be a home game. Like, yeah, that's that's, true. that's an unfortunate. I thought for sure they'd put Georgia in Arizona and put the Michigan game down in Atlanta just to freshen things up and, and keep it a little bit more neutral. But uh, apparently they had other things in mind for that. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, what uh, you guys doing? Anything fun over the holidays? Uh, what are you going to be doing for New Year's Eve? Are you going to be able to, to to watch the games and all that? Yeah. So we, uh, my my girlfriend and I, we went to um, Europe right after Phoenix. So we went through um, went through I think four time zones in about twenty four hours. And um, yeah, I thought so. The race was obviously Sunday, and I thought that we left on Tuesday. We did not. We were supposed to leave on Monday. So we land on the red eye back in Phoenix. So was Saturday was, I guess, Pacific time technically. And then we went to mountain time on Sunday because of the time change. Yeah. And then we landed in Oklahoma city for a fuel stop. And we landed in Charlotte uh, with the plane. And then we were there for like eight hours because we realized that we're, we're flying out that night, had to go pack for Europe. And then we landed in London. So I guess there's five times on. There's a lot of times on. Wow. It was very tiring. That's crazy. Yeah, but uh, yes, we did cool um, 
European tour. That was awesome. Um, got back and went to back to Phoenix for um, in Scottsdale there for Thanksgiving, and um, kind of chilling now and and going to um, going back to Ohio here uh, for for Christmas in a little bit. Very cool. What part of Ohio again? I I was trying to. So I'm from Hinkley. It's about 25 minutes or 30 minutes south of Cleveland. Oh, okay, cool. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Good yeah. deal. Good deal. Well, listen, man, um, thank you for taking some time out tonight. I appreciate it. It was great to catch up with you. Uh, great to hear about the uh, the changes and the exciting changes over at, at, at the team and excited for what you guys have in store for 2023. And I appreciate you for being a part of the show seven times over the last six years and, and being on the 300th episode. Um, it, it really means a lot to have the support of you guys to come on an amateur podcast and to have given me a chance over the years and look forward to talking with you soon and, and seeing you at the track next year for sure, man. Well, I'm just happy you had me that way. I could ruin your 300th episode. So appreciate it. <laughs> thank you so much, man. Have a great holiday season and, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank Take you. Care. Thanks. Great to catch back up with Matt Tift. All right, let's uh, continue with the Michigan football talk. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I had for what I thought was going to be their last appearance on the show. But uh, as I mentioned at the start, the the fact that Michigan is still undefeated, your Big Ten champs, and uh, the fact that Brian went to Purdue, Aaron went to Michigan. I'm a, uh, as we call it, a Walmart Wolverine fan. Uh, I, I had to bring them back uh, for episode 300 to talk some college football. All right, La Traffic Nation. Yes, the victors playing in the background. Go Blue. Um, you know, I had Brian and Aaron on uh, to uh, sign them off, if you will, for the year uh, before Phoenix, right? To do the last weather segment. And I didn't think I'd have them back on the show, but things just lined up too perfectly to where Michigan back-to-back uh, -back Big Ten champs undefeated and played Purdue in the Big Ten championship game and Brian and I were able to meet in person for the first time who would have thought that would have been at a college football game and not at a NASCAR race but nonetheless that was awesome so I had to bring them both back on so we could talk a little college football so uh, Brian Aaron welcome back to the show for the official uh, sign off here on episode 300 guys how are you doing well and yourself excellent I mean how, how can you not be doing good go blue go blue I no mean, yeah it was... i mean i may not be feeling the exact same thing uh, but you know what we were happy to be there yes we were oh, no, just you happy guys to be there. you guys put up a great great I game I, it was hard i would i was i don't think i was ever nervous but i'm like okay this isn't going to be as, as runaway as it was against ohio it wasn't State. Gonna and... be, it wasn't gonna be iowa all right no that's true i mean yeah that that iowa game last year was was something else that's that's for sure um all right let's start with this uh aaron you know you and i we did our our michigan uh preview uh back in what did we do that end of uh, end of august where we yes. ran down the schedule and you and i we were we we were we were line item by line item we we were on the same page with everything thinking that Michigan was going to be 11 and one and probably not be going to the big 10 championship game because uh, uh, we assumed we were not going to beat Ohio state. And uh, man, 
look where we're at. <laughs> as opposed as opposed to a forecast, weather forecast, this is a time I'm happy to be wrong. Absolutely. So, all right. Um, we we beat Ohio State handily, right? Like, I mean, I was not expecting to go into the shoe if we were going to beat them. I was expecting like a last possession field goal, having to hold on. Like, I mean, that is not how I thought we were going to beat them. And I mean, that was that that got the nation talking about Michigan football, which was pretty cool. Which is a very cool thing. And I want to slightly change the subject. I am surprised Ohio State is only six and a half point underdogs versus Georgia. Well, all right, we'll get to that. Yes, because okay. there's some stuff there. Um, and then, you know, Brian, Purdue, man, like you and I talked, you know, uh, I'll say every other week, but you'll say every three weeks for when I would yeah. <laughs> have you on the show. And it was like, you know, well, we should have beat them. We, sh- we, 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 you know, the when we were going over your team schedule, you know, we never once thought, oh, we'll see each other in the Big Ten championship. I mean, I, I would have never made that prediction. I'm a Purdue fan. Come on. Right? You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we talked about strange uh, things. I mean, number one, Wisconsin owned us. Now, I mean, after, after, after a team like Iowa – who has a poultry offense, puts 21, and you only muster three, you're not thinking Big Ten Championship, no. But we became really big Nebraska fans. I bet. (laughs) We were big Nebraska fans on a Friday before. And then, of course, all we had to do was go play Indiana and win. And at the time, that didn't seem impossible until Nebraska won. And then, whereas Purdue fans were like, yep, we're going to screw this one up. And it looked like in the first half we were going to do that, too. Um, so, I mean, it's been an it, it, I mean, now I will say this, though. That weekend of Thanksgiving is probably the best weekend in Purdue sports history, period. Because the uh, Nebraska beat Iowa to set us up for the Indiana game. And the Purdue's big basketball team handily, it's not like they play cupcake teams. They beat Gonzaga and Duke in double digits in basketball. So, yeah, you can see where my attention is already turning. Absolutely. Uh, and, yeah, definitely. I mean, and I don't have I don't have reason to pay attention to our team right now. God, no, they're bad. They are so bad. Oh, but, hey, at least we're still playing football. Um, all hey, right, so now let's, almost beat them. Let's, uh, let's, let's look at this, all right? You know, all the talk was some of the craziest outcomes actually ended up happening, right? Uh, you know, TCU losing uh, on Saturday. Um, you had, you know, Georgia doing what they were supposed to do. Uh, who lost Friday night? What was that game? I'm drawing a blank. Oh, USC. USC, right? Like, you know, all of what Ohio State needed to have happen, happened, right? You know, and then you have Saban with Alabama, um, you know, um, campaigning to be the first ever two loss team in the, uh, the college football playoffs. Um, but Ohio state a weekend off and, and they're, they're back in it with Georgia playing in Atlanta. That's what's going to be the interesting piece there. That is going to be a non neutral site for sure. Um, what do you guys think? You know, are, do we have a realistic shot to see, 
two Big Ten teams, Michigan, Ohio State, playing for the national championship here? Yeah. Uh, no. Sorry. I, I, was, I don't think so. I don't think so. No, you think well. Unless something's, I don't think I don't think Georgia's going to lose to Ohio State in Atlanta, unless something happens to Stetson Bennett, and, or one of their the running back. I I just I, I just don't see how that happens. I kind of want it to happen. You know why? Because I, I, I kind of want. Okay, I want oh, it to I, happen. I, the Big Ten, okay, no, I'm going to take it. Let me take it from a. Let me chime in from like the outside of the the, the Big Ten, looking at the rest of you from the bottom up. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, okay. first of all, I mean, well, I mean, we've we've seen how the Big Ten does in the playoffs, and basically all of us basically. I speak, I'm going to speak on behalf of the Big Ten. Don't fuck it up, okay? Right. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Don't on both sides. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think when you look at, I think the ratings for the Michigan-Ohio State game were the highest ever for, or they were the highest rated football game the entire season this year. Uh, I think they had cracked some other, you know, popular ratings overall. Um, you know, I think it would be a very well-watched game from a, a national perspective. Um, but like Aaron said, I, I, I don't know that, uh, um, you know, OSU is going to be able to beat Georgia, you know, on the road, basically, because that, that's what it's going to be. But, man, I – and here's why I would like to see it, because they probably will think that, uh, you know, if it does come to the national championship, they're going to get our revenge and – I think that if we played in a national championship and won, that would wipe out for me the fact that we like went like one in, you know, 95 our last, you know. <laughs> no, I, I think that would. You guys would. You could just say that to win a national championship against Ohio State, that just sounds amazing for your uh, for your fan base. Um, no, I don't think. But, I mean, my concern as a Big Ten guy is both coming out and, again, the Big Ten's not represented in the championship game at all. So, you know. Yes, I don't want to flop. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, and, uh, you know. Michigan opens up as a nine and a half point favorite with TCU, you know. So, uh, you know, Vegas likes Michigan's odds. That's for sure. Yeah. And now it's just where's the money going to go from there. But, yeah, opening up at nine and a half, it definitely run. They run their models and say, uh I was a little surprised to see it. I was kind of, I would have actually expected it to be the other way around where Michigan was like maybe a touchdown favorite and Ohio and Georgia was a nine point favorite. Yes, no, I agree. Um, you know, I think the second half of the um, Purdue game, um, you know, where number seven, just he, he picked it up. I mean, he is, he has filled the shoes of Corum. Uh, Corum may be a little bit more explosive uh, from a, start to finish of the game but once he gets yeah. in his role uh you know i mean he had what over 160 rushing yards i mean that, that i mean what more could one ask for so yeah well, um, you, but he only had 38 in the first half but then again purdue doesn't know how to tackle well and that's been a problem all well, yeah the, no they want to wrap up i mean on that drive that first opening drive which definitely that that sig that first 5 minutes of the third quarter where you guys went up with two touchdowns you know that pretty much took that was the that won the game um, but, you know, watching the Purdue team and knowing our Purdue team, you know, when they were running um, the, the first big run, the one guy had him, but, you know, he's elusive. But then that straight up the middle when he got the touchdown, four Purdue players had their hands on him, but they don't know how to tackle. And that's been our that's been Purdue's problem all season long. 
uh, he's good and he's doing great. But I even said before the game, and no offense to your backup, because the word was, oh, your your starter wasn't going to be there. And I just told my family, who are all Purdue guys, I'm like, if they can run and they go fast, well, they're going to be a problem for us. Right. I mean, so, uh, yeah. you know. But I will say, I got to give compliments, man, to, to your quarterback who, uh, mm -hmm. you know, lost a family member uh, to come out, play the way he did. And not only play the way he did, but I think the first half, he was like 19 for 22 uh, passing. Yeah. Like, I mean, he, yeah. you he, he was dropping bombs on us. And, uh, I mean, it was a hell of a game. I mm -hmm. I was not expecting it to be that close uh, in the first half. And, like I said, I was nervous. So, no, it was, it was definitely a great game to be at. Well, that's been Michigan's problem against – tough teams it's they are a second half team and they've been second half team ever since i was with them in the 80s yeah and they it's like what does somebody say oh they finally going to watch your game watch the previous team's game film at halftime <laughs> oh that's funny that's funny and yeah but it's just we've we've had the second but there's gonna be a team you play georgia you're gonna have to play 60 minutes i was gonna you say can't. yeah like yeah. we're in big that's not fighting tcu now. yeah 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 and I'll be honest, and I think a lot of, I mean, our family was having this wonderful argument. I mean, was Purdue was Purdue deserving to be in the Big Ten championship game of the Big Ten West? No. I would say Illinois was probably the better team of the West division. They just had, they lost to Indiana right off the bat. Um, we beat them, um, and, but they held you guys pretty well. And I can understand after that game why you thought Ohio State, I thought Ohio State was going to beat you guys too. Oh, I got absolutely. that. Also. We thought Ohio state in August was going to beat us. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right. I don't think at any point during the season, except for the halftime of the Ohio state game, I, I thought we're going to beat Ohio state. Oh, I didn't even think it had my son for like, just so you know, my son all season thought Michigan would beat Ohio state. So he actually thought you guys were the better team. Ah. I mean, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> my, my sports, my sports <laughs> analytics son, just so you know, that's fine. You know what? But here's the thing. I'm like you. We I've gone so long, and I'll say the same thing for Brandon, that we lose to Ohio State no matter what. Yes, it's just an assumption. You, it just it, it's just ingrained. It's just yeah. like it's Pavlov's dog. I, I hear yeah. I hear I hear the I hear the kickoff, and I'm like, oh, we're gonna lose. Yep, yep. Uh, but like you yeah, said, yeah, I know how that goes. It's like with us in Wisconsin, and we may lose our coach, so we're on Brom watch at this point. That's you great. really think he'd lead, you really think he'd lead to go to Louisville? It's not well, a better he flashed, Okay, so real quick story. This is why I've made my prediction. And as those who do predictions, his name, I live down in the Louisville area, so I'm slightly plugged in hearing all of Oh, uh, okay, that makes uh, sense. And I have I'm part of the Purdue uh, you know, club down there. But bottom line, last season Satterfield hadn't left, but there was right. a lot of Brom buzz. And they they every time Brom would come down there, he's got a house down there. Uh, there was a lot of discussion. His last statement, known statement about the Louisville job was, well, he says, I guess it's a moot point. There's no opening. But he goes, yeah, you know, the first time I turned it down, it was too soon. But, you know, that's, you know, I want to come home. He's a he's a Louisville guy. Oh, OK. Cool. Uh, OK, that makes sense. You know, then. He's always said that he, he would like that job. Well, he's not going to be any hotter. Um, right. The stock's not going to be any higher. Now, my personal opinion, the Big Ten and Purdue – Big Ten's a better conference than the ACC. The Big Ten or the uh, Purdue is a better better program right now than Louisville, but it is the home aspect. And if he turns this down again, he turned it down in 2018. If he turns this down again, he's not going to get another shot. 
But here's here's the other side of that coin too. Yeah, it's a, it, the ACC's not a better conference. Or sorry, we'll just flip around. Big Ten's better conference than the ACC. It's an easier path to ten wins. Oh, it's, he could get he could get a championship. I don't know right now because I'm not lost. sure he could get a championship. But yeah, it'd be he yeah, might be yeah. coming to see it. Well, with the 12 point, 12 team playoff, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, might, I'm, might... I'm, talking, I'm talking about a, I'm talking about an ACC championship. He has a better yeah, chance of he... making an ACC than a Big yep. Ten championship. But I don't know. If, I mean, right now Brahm is one of the top ten paid coaches in the country. And I don't know if uh, uh, Louisville can pay him that, but he, uh, he they'll, they'll let him they'll let him t- they'll let him take some of the money out of the Yum Center. There you go. Yeah. There you go. All right. So that's let's, why we're uh, that's why we're watching. Let's do some predictions and uh, we'll 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 wrap it up. All right, Brian, who's our, who's our national champion? I, I'd have to say I hate to say this, but I hate I don't know how you go against Georgia right now. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I, I mean, I, I, my heart would love to see not only would I love to see a Big Ten win and, and be Michigan. Um, yes, I said that for the record. I would Appreciate love, you. like you guys, to see a, a Michigan-Ohio uh, State um, championship game. But as of right now, if I took the fandom aspect of Big Ten, uh, I'm going to cheer for the Big Ten, but I think at this point, until Georgia shows me otherwise, it's Georgia. All right. Aaron? Homer pick, Michigan. Absolutely. Go blue. I love it. All right, gentlemen, uh, officially, thank you so much for everything over the last couple of years. Uh, Brian, it was great to meet you in person. Finally get a picture, shake your hand, and uh, great to meet your wife and son. And, guys, I hope you have an incredible holiday season. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all that good stuff. And uh, we'll catch you here in 2023. Congratulations on four weeks. I'm sorry. Congratulations. Congratulations on 300. It's Thank I'm you. glad to have been part of Yes, absolutely. I'm glad good we percentage of it. it. Yep. Yes. Very cool guys. Thank you so much. We will, uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. You will see ya. Happy holidays. Take Thanks. care. Bye. All right. Great to catch up with Brian and Aaron one last time this year. And all right. I mean, here we are two fifteen into the show. Um, Man, uh, a few more. I probably, you know, that that should have been the goal, right? Three hours, episode 300. But, uh, you know, I don't want to drive you guys nuts too badly here. Um, So let me, uh, I'll set the preface here with uh, the last caller of the evening. It's the last listener call. Um, You know, you guys know I dedicated uh, quite a few shows to you guys, which was so much fun to get to talk to a lot of you. Haven't seen a lot of you in quite some time. And uh, that that was a lot of fun and, and a great way to help countdown to episode 300 and uh andrew cancian is uh, is a dear friend him like kathleen we've we've hung out at the tracks uh we we text on a regular basis all that good stuff and uh you know like i said you know we're changing things up with the show there was a segment back in the day called the wave around hotline because uh, why not play off lap traffic in any way that I can for the wave around and uh, Canton used to close that thing out each and every week. So in honor of that, I am going to crank up the old soundbite there. It's starting there. And uh, we're going to close out episode 300 with Mr. Andrew Canton. All right, Lap Traffic Nation joining me on the line to close out the uh, six, seven week, if you will, listener call-ins to count down and to celebrate episode 300. He's one of the OGs and was the self-proclaimed voice of the Wave Around Hotline. 
Welcome back to the Lap Traffic Podcast, Mr. Andrew Cantian. Sir, what's up, brother? What's up? I, I appreciate you having me on. I didn't know I was closing the whole thing out. We should have played some Enter Sandman. I'm like <laughs> oh, Mariano coming out of the pen right now. Man, you know, I get so, so lyrious about like doing music and, and like movie quotes because, I mean, odds are like, the odds of anyone finding out are, are slim, but obviously I know there's like copyright laws and stuff like that that are so obscure in terms of, you know, you can use 30 seconds worth of audio. You know, I've seen so many like things, you know, if somebody ever sent it, all they'd have to do is send the cease and desist and I'd obviously remove it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Enter Sandman would be amazing. I love that. That is one of the best intros ever. Uh, who is it? Is it uh, the Hokies that use it? Oh, I, I don't know who, who uses it, you know, in that sport. But I know, I mean, El Mariano Rivera, the greatest closer of all time, only unanimous Hall of Famer in baseball, used to use it That's every time he would come in. So. Yes, yes, I love it. Uh, what's up, man? What's new? I mean, same old, same old. Work, enjoy, try to go to the racetrack when we can, and. I don't know what the hell we're supposed to be doing from now until February, but I don't know. I guess I guess that's why we have these off-season podcasts. Basically. Right. Absolutely. Yes. No. That's uh, that's what makes it fun is is to not have to uh, worry about uh, you know oh did I see what happened on lap fifty-two of of you know one hundred and sixty-seven and and just have some fun. I mean, it was one hell of a season. Um, you know, good, bad, and the ugly. I mean, all said and done. You know, if you weren't entertained in some capacity, whether from the actual racing, the the uh, silly season, driver changes, team changes uh, to the fights to I mean, you weren't you, you had to try not to be entertained at some point this year. There was definitely something for everyone this year. I mean, like you said, we had not not the good, bad, the ugly. We had the excellent, the great, the good, the bad, the meh. And the what in the hell is this? All in one year, uh, and you know me. I'm, I'm. I mean, obviously, I'm. I'm pretty young, but I kind of have some old school beliefs in what I like to I see out of my racing. Yes. Um. So for me, you know, seeing some of the the gimmicks, for lack of a better term, that we do now is kind of frustrating for me sometimes. Absolutely. But e even then, I mean, there was a lot, a lot to like this year, and there's obviously a lot of improvements. Um, to me, the playoffs were kind of frustrating to watch in a sense because I feel like we went from this could be and maybe will be the best season of our lifetimes and our fandoms. And I almost kind of felt like the bottom, not bottom fell out, but it got a little frustrating sometimes with a lot of what happened in the playoffs. So regular season, A1. Playoffs, very hit or miss. Uh, were, were the do you think you have that taste in your mouth about the playoffs because of the lack of playoff drivers that won early on in the playoffs? I, I think that definitely has something to do with it. Um, I mean, I like Eric Jones. I like Chris Buescher. And I think seeing those guys go out and win and, you know, bubble was kind of like at halfway playoff playoff driver in one format and playoff, not playoff driver in the other format. Yep, yep. Um, so seeing those guys go out and win round one is, is definitely cool from a fan's perspective. But, I mean, look, you and I are sports fans and other sports outside of NASCAR. When, when we watch the playoffs, we want to see the, the best of the best step up their game. Yes. And I don't know if it was because of the new car and the extremely small box crew chiefs, engineers, and teams are now playing in that 
we didn't really see teams kind of step up into that. They, they didn't really find sixth gear, I guess we're calling out because the cars have five gears, like like Jimmy and Chad used to do or like what Tony did in 2011. We, we didn't really see that this year. And I think that possibly maybe affected my enjoyment of the playoffs because – we, we just didn't see that this year in years past. Well, you know, I, I agree 100%. And I almost wonder if some of that had to do with the, you know, uh, the, the injury side of things and them not wanting to go and find sixth gear because we don't know what's going to happen, uh, you know, to, to, to our driver maybe, you know. So maybe they didn't want to take uh, – granted, I don't think they'd ever admit it but maybe they didn't want to go take that high of a risk, um, you know, from, from that regard. I think, I think that plays a small role. I think drivers assuming, oh, I can get to at least the round of 12 or the round of eight uh, just because I'm so-and-so. Um, I like the fact that there were a lot of shakeups from that regard. Um, and I think it just stresses the importance of having to have an incredible 10 week playoff run, not just a, uh, you know, seven week or a six week run. You got to perform from top to bottom, uh, especially if we will continue to have non-playoff guys winning and the inability to lock in that spot for the next round. Yeah, I definitely for sure. And kind of taking a step back to maybe guys not going, you know, 120% like you expect them. Look at, look at the Talladega playoff rates. Yep. I mean, there was no big crash. And for me, that was – and there might be bias, obviously, because my driver won, but that was one of the more enjoyable Talladega races that I can remember because you still had 25, 30 cars running at the end of it. Yes. You know, there wasn't – you know, like we saw at Daytona for the regular season finale, that was a total mess. Oh so Yes. Yep. Which, you know, I, I – when that – when that format first got announced that Daytona was going to end the regular season, uh, I, I was not a fan of that move uh, from the, basically the carnage that we got. But I tell you when I, when that first happened, uh, Striegel uh, was on the show and I, I told him that and he, he, he said, I, you know, I know where you're coming from, but think about any other sport to where if you could have that, would you not be entertained if your sponsors knew that you could race your way in and basically becoming an 11th playoff race to where, you know, anything can happen, you know, that creates the ratings, that creates the draw, that creates the seats being sold, you know. And so from an overall sports perspective, I, I can buy into it, even though I'm not a fan of that style of racing, but uh, it it's grown on me that specific race. Yeah. I think we've been going to Daytona, what now? Three years, I think, I think for so. the, yeah. okay. So I, I've been to all three of those races and it, it is a, of you could feel the energy in the air when you are at the track for that. Sure. Um, and obviously I'm not a huge fan of Daytona and Talladega and I guess now Atlanta, yep. but <laughs> I was able to, you know, appreciate the, the entertainment value of that yeah. because, you know, you go back to t- 2004 to 20, whatever it was 19, when we had the hodgepodge of racetracks at race 26, you still had three chances 
if you are a guy like a, you know, like who won this year, Austin Dillon, you know, who hadn't won and needs a win, you still have three speedway races before that. And now 2020 and on with Daytona, you still have those three speedway races. So it's not like they added something to make it more gimmicky. They just kind of reshuffled the deck a little bit. Um, And and at the end of the day, you still have 25 other races to win during the year. So, you know, if, if you come up short at Daytona, like Martin Truex did this year, then there's really no excuse. You had 25 other races to try to do something with it. Yep. Yep. I, you know, and that's, uh, that's part of the thing, you know, I know there's a lot of criticism about the playoff format and, and that, and I know I, I take some heat for this every once in a while. I'm okay with the format. I, I don't have a problem with it. I, you know, there are some comparisons to stick and ball that you can make. There are some that you can't. I, I like an elimination format. I like the fact that the, you know, somebody can't point win their way a championship with three races to go. I like that it comes down to one event with four drivers. You know, the Super Bowl comes down to one event, and it's not always the two best teams with the highest winning percentage that are in the Super Bowl. But it's like we talked about earlier, it's the two teams that did enough in the regular season to get to a playoff point and then upped their game. And like you said, we didn't see that up the game so much, but I like the format. I I can't complain about it, to be honest with you. I think this format we have now is better than the it's in the what we previously did without the playoff points. Yes. I think the playoff points makes it more palpable because you still can you and fall back on the success you had in the regular season. I mean, look at yeah. Chase Elliott, he was nowhere to be found from yeah. race one through ten in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. But he yeah. was able to use that regular season championship and the forty five points he had. Yep. to fall back on in the playoffs. And I personally like that. I yep. think it, it's a good balance between total entertainment and a total mess and zero legitimacy like we saw before we had the playoff points to now it's a little bit more legitimate. Yep. I still hate the one-race playoff. I would like to see that changed. I don't see that changing because I don't see how you go back from – you know, a season long format to the best of 10 to the best of 12 slash 13, the one year to now that elimination that we have now where it's uh, four guys in the last race. I I don't see how you go back from that. And I'd like to see them just whether you like the format or you don't, I'd like to see them just keep it for a little bit, like just for the sake of consistency. I mean, there's so much sometimes changes too much and, you just kind of have to reevaluate what you have and just let it play out for a few years. I am going to blow your mind here with an idea. Are you ready for this? I am ready. Okay. What if, what if instead of 16 drivers, we knock it down to 12, same 10 races, but it's the final three races for the championship with four drivers and a best average finish. I wouldn't even go. I, I'm very okay. I, I I like that a lot. I would change the best average finish to most points. Fair enough. Um, yeah, yeah. And, any one of the following there, I think. Would work. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, I, I like that a lot. I think. And I think sixteen in, is do, way too many. You do Talladega. You do um, either an intermediate or intermix in a road course with it, and you close it out with Martinsville. Yeah, I, hell, I'm I'm cool with that. I mean, hell, you put you put a you know a speedway race. You have your entertainment. Yep. You put in a track like let's say Homestead. Yep. 
and then you put in Martinsville uh, because look, if if you move the season up a week, you're good. You could end you could end Martinsville the end of October, and the weather is fine. Yep. So you know, obviously, we, we know weather plays in quite a bit. You know, we're an outdoor sports, so yep. the weather's going to matter. So that limits our our opportunities for this. But if we change the schedule a little bit in terms of when we run. We just I don't see that being a problem. You know, if they if they put me in charge for a day, I think I would maybe do that and a lot of other things that many people wouldn't like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm with you. What uh, what's the plans for the holiday, sir? Uh, work, work, and work. <laughs> I think I think I'm off Christmas Day, okay. but every and uh, maybe New Year's Day. But the eves I have to work. Thanksgiving, Black Friday, I'm getting ready to work all day, both days. So. Well, that, uh, uh, that W word comes around quite a bit. Yeah. Will you do uh, uh, detail for Black Friday at like a store or will you uh, be patrolling as normal? Uh, we have them, but I'll be, you, you'll, you'll find me creeping through the neighborhoods probably, if anything. <laughs> well, I don't, I'm, I'm not a detail fan personally. I, I'd rather, well, I like get my hands dirty. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, all right, man. What's a, what's a headline we're going to be talking about early 2023? I, I think you're going to see a reemergence of Kyle Busch as a championship contender Ooh, with a new team. I, lo- I mean, I'm excited yeah. to see what he does. I mean, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. We've got a lot of silly season that, that kind of changed things up. Uh, I'm excited to see what Dinger does full time. We got Kyle Busch. Um, we've got Tyler Reddick making a change. Who's coming off RC uh, 2022 was RCR's most, I think successful year in, in oh, yeah. since Kevin yeah. Harvick Harvey. left. Right? Yes, absolutely. You know, absolutely. So Not even close. Can, can he carry that momentum over to a new team? Um, we're going to have changes at SHR uh, and Oh, by the way, let's just throw in the mix. Jimmy Johnson is now going to, you know, be a part-time driver, a coach, uh, an owner. Um, who knows? what kind of shot in the arm that's going to give Petty and GMS. So, I, I mean, there is – you take all of those, you throw in improvements to the car. I mean, 2023 is setting up to be amazing. So, I, I think so, too. Yeah, I mean, look at what Tyler Reddick did with Randall Burdett. I mean, they won't, they were the fastest cars on the road courses this year. They could have won many other races. and You put a future Hall of Famer and Kyle Busch in that car, and I, I think they're going to win, and they're going to win quite a bit this year. I am very excited to see what they're able to do for sure. Uh, listen, man, thank you so much for, uh, for hopping on the show. Thank you for uh, the, the support uh, over the years. Thank you for the friendship. Uh, I, I very much appreciate it. And uh, I hope you have an incredible holiday season, even though the, the W word's going to be <laughs> impeding that a little bit. Uh, I hope you are still able to enjoy it. And uh Hopefully, I know we've been saying it, but hopefully we will uh, see each other at the track next year. Yes, hopefully a whole bunch of us can figure something out. That'd be fun. I know we got a couple dates circled. We've all kind of been throwing around. But, I mean, man, congratulations on 300. That is awesome for the grassroots podcast that you've had. Truck, Xfinity, probably future cup champions on. It's been really fun. I mean, I think I started like you literally at the very beginning. You were definitely one of the OGs. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been fun kind of watching the growth of the show and I'm, I'm happy for you. Um, and I know you got some good changes coming over and, you know, with having a little family now. So congratulations to that. Thank you. 
hey, best of luck. I'm, I'm ready for 2023 and see what uh, lap traffic's got. Absolutely, man. And hopefully, here's just some better luck for you in lap traffic fantasy next year. Yeah, yeah. We, we had to pull it behind the wall a little bit early in the summer. I was so far behind. I'm like, you know what? I think we're going to have to just try again next year. I love it. I love it. All right, man. Thank you again. Appreciate you. And we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Take care, buddy. All right, man. We'll see you. All right, Lab Traffic Nation. I hope you were entertained tonight. I had such an amazing time over the last week or so putting all of these together. Recording, even like I said, MIS uh, track president Joe Fowler today and, and piecing this together. Uh, it, it's an honor to be here. It's an honor that you guys listen enough, that you follow enough, that you tweet enough um, to keep me relevant because there's a lot of podcasts out there. And uh, not to say I'm an OG, because I, I, I'm not an OG, but I've been around a minute, and, and I appreciate that you guys help keep me relevant with all of the new content that is constantly out there, which is part of the reason why I'm going to, you know, give a little refresh, if you will, to things, to, to stay relevant and to, and, and to keep current and all of that good stuff. Um, like I said, I am truly honored and humbled that you guys follow, listen, and, and keep me entertained as much as I hopefully keep you guys entertained. And I think this is a record in terms of show length. I know I've done a couple two hours in the past, but uh, I mean, hey, it was worth it. It was episode 300, Lap Traffic Nation. And that is going to do it for episode 300 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. Check out the website. Check out all the social media, Lap Traffic PC. Thank you to all of the guests who are on, not just tonight, but this year. Of course, thank you to everyone that was on the show tonight. Thank you all for following, listening, spreading the word on the Lab Traffic Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this tonight. I hope you all have an incredible Christmas, New Year's Eve, holiday season. Cannot wait to be back for season seven next year. One last time, don't get caught chasing the lucky dog. Tune in each and every week to the Lab Traffic Podcast. See ya!